Let's see if it is live. Here we are. We are live. No intro, but we are live. We are here. This is Front Row Material. We are the backup players. Mikey and Jerry are still not here. I am I am here with the Mojo Riverfish, who uh, is, is I guess, in a tornado. So, something's happening here at your uh, at your place. What is going on with you, my friend? I What day is today? What day is today, really? I mean, it looks like you're in the creative room at WWE, where shit's just going off the rails. I don't know. I think it has to do with what happened Wednesday, and I've lost a couple days because I went down a really bad rabbit hole after uh, <laughs> AEW. Uh, AEW ended with that cool thing of they're gonna do a a barbed wire electric whatever death match, and I got to think, and I'm like, dude, I'm like, I went down a YouTube rabbit hole, and I found Terry Funk versus Mr. Pogo versus uh, Hayabusa versus uh, 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 Tanaka. I mean, all these different matches with those guys with Mick Foley in it. And I went down this weird, like, snuff film rabbit hole <laughs> of all these cool, grainy death matches that I was, and I got, I, I totally lost like days and hours of time just watching these cool matches. So, uh, yeah, that's been yeah, my it, last couple of days. <laughs> it's, it's going to be wild. It's, it's going to be crazy. It's, uh, it's one of those things I didn't foresee us going down that road when it came to wrestling, just for the simple fact that it, it's so, uh, it's almost taboo these days to to do stuff like that. Now, I, I understand there's CZW, and to some degree, they're still doing some things that are kind of out there, but for a mainstream wrestling promotion to, to do something like that, let me ask you, do you think it's taking a big gamble, or do you think it's something that people are going to say, you know what, what the hell, let's go with it? I think it's going to be a what the hell, let's go with it. It looks so, when we both got involved in ECW, I mean, if you remember those first ECW matches that you probably ever saw, they they had that grainy, dark feel to it. You sat there and you watched it. It was like one in the morning on some weird channel and you felt like, oh my God, this is real. And maybe I shouldn't be watching this. Maybe this is illegal, but I'm not going to stop watching. <laughs> so you just kept on watching because it just felt so cool. And I think that AEW doing it is going to capture the imagination if they do it right. And they got the right players. They got Kenny Omega, who embraced the Japanese culture. If anybody can do it, it's going to be Kenny Omega. And freaking John Moxley, who made his career at CZW and a couple of other organizations doing some crazy-ass matches. I think those two can definitely do it. The one thing that I think they might be missing, and I'm hoping they can make up for it, the Japanese crowd makes that match different. The Japanese yes. crowd sits there and watches spellbound, and they don't say a damn thing until just before that moment of anticipation, and then they're, oh, and they they just, they're so invested into it, and they react so well to matches. Uh, the American crowd, they cheer through everything, and I think it's one of those matches that you need that shut up and watch. Just shut up and watch, and you can react when there's something cool happens. Not everything is cool, and you just need to... That Japanese crowd, I think, just makes those matches. That's a good point that you're making here because, you know, to do something like that here in the States, and you're right, it's a completely different fan base. It's a completely different audience. Now, let me let me throw this at you. Do you think that they may have a leg up because it is going to be Kenny Omega? Do you think because it is John Moxley and they both have a pretty strong presence in 
New Japan that some of those diehard New Japan uh, fans who actually do live in Japan will go ahead and tune into something like this and it will be kind of captivating to them as well? Or do you think that the Japanese look at a North American wrestling style a lot differently? Hmm, that's an awesome question. I think the Japanese will embrace it only because it's two of their guys, uh, especially Kenny Omega. I think Kenny Omega, if, if, if AEW did a match over in Japan right now, automatically Kenny Omega is a baby face because I think he's that beloved over there um, no matter what he does. Um, but I, like I said already, I, I think if, if anybody can pull it off, it's those two guys. Um, they got a great dressing room that I think really, really gets those matches and how to make it, you know, go over. So I, I, I I'm, I'm so hooked. I'm, I'm, I'm invested. I can't wait to even watch it. It's going to be cool. No, I think it's going to be great. I think the only thing that would make this thing, uh, even a little bit more, a uh, little bit more better. I don't even think that's grammatically correct to say, but what would make it better would be if it was in the Tokyo Dome. Uh, I think that in itself, I think if you have an AEW combination, and, and follow me on this one, do you think AEW and New Japan could team up to do a Wrestle Kingdom? What is your thought on that? Oh, I'm saving my dollars now. <laughs> I'm, I'm Holy just crap. saying. That would be you know, so cool because that brings over all the gaijing from you know north america over there and man you get such a huge audience that's so good um that'd be that'd be too it'd be cool i'd love to see it can it happen i think you got the right people in the right places to make it happen whether it will mm, don't know I, I don't and right now with that damn pandemic i i don't know what the uh, what the rules are and everything other hoops they gotta jump through to make it happen well, guys, if you're just tuning in right now, we do appreciate you hanging with us. I am once again here. My name is Mike Freeland. I'm joined by the second week in a row by The Fish. Uh, and we are sitting in for Mikey and Jerry, who are on sabbatical. But you know what? It doesn't mean the show ends. Everything continues here on Front Row Material. And we're glad that you've decided to take a portion of your Tuesday evening and join us. Um yeah, we're going to be talking a lot about all different promotions. We're going to talk about all different styles of wrestling, and we're going to be taking your comments as well. So you are just as much a part of the show as the fish and I are. Now, I got to I got to tell you this as we take kind of a pause here from the uh, the wrestling talk here. Uh, one of the most talented people that I've gotten a chance to know, uh, Anton. Uh, he is in the chat right now. We've had him on the show before. From a video perspective, from a creative perspective. This guy is top-notch. I'm going to continue to promote this guy because the world needs to know about him. He created an awesome opening for you and I, and I I think I just shit the bed. I think I shit the bed. I tried to upload the video. Anton, if you can hear me right now, whatever is going on with StreamYard, they are not allowing me. It says the file's too big. I'm not really sure what to do about that, but if you can, uh, if you can help me out on that one, I will be more than happy to make sure we play that before the show goes off the air but uh we, we're already hitting the ground hot right now the fish is hitting us with some uh some electrifying comments and commentary about new japan pro wrestling czw death matches if you have any comments about death matches since the big announcement uh, almost a week ago about john moxley and kenny omega in a barbed wire exploding exploding tables exploding 
something something's something's exploding. exploding something's definitely exploding wow wow so we're excited about that one um a lot of different topics we're going to get into today we are also supposed to have a guest here and it looks like uh we might be a little delayed with our guest uh he is across the pond and uh, his name is gary ward an amazing guy he is uh he's the owner of wrestle carnival and uh he's also uh, the proprietor of um a new line of clothing that's coming out and he and i got to know each other when i hosted a podcast over in the uk uh, a few years ago and uh we both were working for a magazine called total wrestling magazine and it was a lot of fun and uh it's it's neat to reconnect with some people but right now we're, we're trying to, to get connected with him so we may uh we may take a little bit before we can get to him uh let's go ahead and do some shout outs for people that are in the room tonight metallica Anton's in here. Who farted? Gotta love who farted. Man, I remember the first time I said that, I thought, what? Is this a rib on me? Uh, Liam Savage, thanks for joining us as well. Travis Bohab, thank you very much. The Boog, and our good friend Trent Saberi, who covers everything that's Impact Wrestling. Trent, big shout out to you. Big shout out to all of our friends over uh, at AAW Wrestling. Uh, you guys do a phenomenal job. We're going to promote you guys as well. Uh, Creepy Uncle Jay. Uh, Creepy Uncle Jay, thanks for joining us. And as always, holding the fort down in the control room is Big Daddy Beardo. All right. So should we continue the John Moxley conversation? Is I feel like there's a little bit more that you you want to say about it. I mean, do you feel like... Do you feel like you've kind of quenched your thirst when you when you went down your rabbit hole, or do you feel like nah, still not quenched yet? I don't know because I kept on going through video after video. I mean, I watched a little bit of Wrestling Society X because they did some weird stuff over there. I I I forgot about that little wrestling organization where they um they use a lot of F, was it FMW FMW style uh, death matches and gimmicks and things blowing up and things being electrocuted and holy crap. I mean, some cool stuff over there. So I'm just wondering, I I'm, I'm curious to see how AEW is going to definitely set this up. What's the look going to be? What's the feel going to be? Um, how's it going to be staged? Um, the pyrotechnics alone. Uh, if you, you can screw that up and you can screw somebody up really good. So I'm damn it. I'm, I'm so curious. Curious is the best word. I'm so curious. AEW had me already, and this one just, it's like, oh, what? Oh, oh, I'm just so excited. It was, it's like me being at a strip club. I'm like, oh, the next girl's coming on. Ooh, yay. And, you know, <laughs> just waiting. I'm just waiting. Um, okay. So speaking of unique matches that AEW has has put on recently, wasn't it, I'm trying to remember here, and, and, and anyone can jump in here and tell me, I believe it was full gear. And I believe it was, was it Kenny Omega and John Moxley? Was it a lights out match that oh. things got a little crazy there? And I believe they brought out something that it was barbed wire, but it looked like it was like a king size bed and it had barbed wire all over. I want to see Anton. Thank you very much. That was the lights out match. Uh, it was basically kind of a death match. You're absolutely right on that one. Um, did you get a chance to see that one? I miss that one. I, I, uh, the pay-per-views I'm not usually really good on, uh, especially WWE cause they're so watered Ooh. down. It's just, yeah. Yeah. I know that, that other wrestling organization out of New York. Um, 
Yeah, it was an unsanctioned lights out uh, match, and it, it was incredible. So if you have not gotten a chance to see it, I do believe you can catch uh, clips, if not the entire match, on YouTube as well. I'm sure you can also just go ahead and Google it, and you'll be able to see it. But there was, uh, it was like a spider web barbed wire thing. They threw each other through um, those, those big giant lights. They, they did everything to each other. But uh, if you have not seen that, I think that would be the perfect precursor, uh, the perfect pregame, if you will, before this match that's going to be happening at the next pay-per-view. Do you think, I, I mean, and this, this is my thought, I've been thinking about this ever since the announcement of that match. Do you think it's going to be used for the sake of gratuitous violence, or do you think that there still can be some level of artistry done in a match like this if you have two people who know how to work? Yeah, I think with having Kenny Omega, you're going to see some neat things that no one's ever thought of. Um, some because a lot of the a lot of the death matches I watch with like Terry Funk and Hayabusa and whatnot, not a lot of wrestling as much as it was just it was a, it was a fight. It was an absolute fight. They'd hang each other off the edge, and it was the anticipation of the detonation. I think with having Kenny Omega there, you're going to see some really creative ways to actually get a wrestling match in, and the finish is going to be that explosion that they'll tease, and there's just going to be this great wrestling match that's just going to happen to be surrounded by barbed wire and things that go boom. Well, I think it's just going to be one of those things we're going to have to wait and see. You know, we can all speculate on what we think is going to happen in this match or what they will use or what lengths they will go to. But I think that, yeah, some of the endings of some of these, like if you were to take the matches with Cactus and the matches with Terry Funk, the death matches, I wasn't all that happy with the way they ended. Maybe that was just me, um, but I wasn't. I feel like... The buildup was great, but then I felt like the ending kind of fell flat. Would you say that when it comes to a match, the single most important thing is the go-home aspect of it? Make sure you end it well. Even if the middle isn't the greatest, if you have a good finish, that's what people are going to remember. Yeah, because you're telling, I'm not a wrestler, but I've been watching it since I was seven. Um, it's still telling a story. And if the ending of the story sucks, all you remember is the end of the story. You don't remember the cool stuff in the middle or the cool stuff in the beginning. If the ending of the story just lays it flat, it's kind of like, well, that was kind of lame. It, it just, if the Titanic doesn't sink, uh, Jack and Rose floating in the water and dying is kind of um, anticlimactic. This is, this is true. Um, I was thinking about some of the other matches that are supposed to be on that card and in just the the overall landscape of it, of AEW where they are at right now. So obviously, you know, that match is going to really I believe sell the pay-per-view. But as we've heard before, it's not just one match that sells an entire pay-per-view. Normally, it's it's a culmination of matches. Is there any other matches or storylines that are currently happening right now that you feel like would be a good culmination at their next pay-per-view in March? I don't even know if you have to end the one I'm thinking of, which is the Sammy Guevara uh, feud with with uh, the Inner Circle. I mean, that's going to – God, that can go for a year. That's such a great storyline that they got building there. Um, I'm trying to think what other storylines they got going that they really need to end or you know bring to a crescendo. What are the other matches there on the card? Well, as we pull up the card right here, 
Uh, let's take a look here. What we got. So we got the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson versus the Inner Circle MGF um, and Chris Jericho. Uh, with Wardlow, we got Team Taz, which is Brian Cage and Ricky Starks versus Darby Allen Sting. Akira Shida versus the AEW Women's Championship Eliminator Tournament winner. Adam have Page. They determined, have they determined I who do, that winner is yet? I do not believe they have uh, determined it yet. I feel like the finals have not yet happened. I may be corrected in that. Uh, if I am, please, by all means, somebody jump into the chat and let me know. But I don't think they have a, a winner on that one yet. Uh, Adam Page versus Matt Hardy. Cody Rhodes versus Scorpio Sky versus Penta versus Lance Archer versus Ray Phoenix versus two people to be determined in a ladder match. And then obviously Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. So I want to kind of hit the pause button and go backwards to something that you said before. Now, this person, you know, obviously is not on the card, but you mentioned Sammy Guevara. Let's talk about Sammy for a second, because it seems like there's been some controversy or rumor and speculation as far as what's happening with Sammy Guevara. Have you heard the news regarding Sammy AEW and what was supposed to happen with Impact Wrestling? Oh, man. He didn't do something stupid again, did he? Allegedly. No, he allegedly. He, allegedly, right. Um, no, he didn't do anything stupid, but what had happened, you guys, was obviously, you know, there's a working relationship, obviously, Don Callis and Tony Khan and Scott Demore, uh, they're all working together. Obviously, the executives as well of uh, AEW are the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and um, Hangman Page. Well, they were planning on having Sammy break off and become a single star by himself, not being a part of the group anymore, of the inner circle. This was part of the whole plan when they brought in MJF and Wardlow with the whole, is MJF trying to you know, break the group apart? Is he trying to get closer to Chris? What's his true motive? So anyway, they were planning on sending uh, Sammy Guevara over to Impact Wrestling. And he was actually scheduled to do, I believe, four sets of tapings. Well, when Sammy got there, from what we have been told, and this is a story that's been told by both Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer, that he was not really thrilled with what their plans were for him. Now, this is not etched in stone. This is by no means concrete. And you, my friend, I have no idea what's happening to your body. I have no idea, man. <laughs> this is, this is a little weird. This is a little weird, but I'll continue. Um, so what was supposed to happen was Sammy was supposed to go over to Impact Wrestling. The belief was that he was going to be, now you're completely gone, I'm just talking to myself, um, that he was going to go over and they wanted him to compete in tag team matches. They wanted him to to go over there and be part of, you know, some mixed matches. Well, Sammy didn't want to do that. Sammy actually pitched the idea that he wanted to be the X Division champion, that he thought that that would be best suited for him because leaving the inner circle, he obviously didn't want to be part of a group anymore. So why would he go to Impact and be part of other tag teams? Um, they came to some type of agreement that Sammy would just leave the Impact tapings. And where we go now with Sammy is uh, is TBD. So now that you know that, Fish, let me ask you, do you think that do you think that wrestlers should have the abilities to nix things, whether they like them or not? Or do you think, hey, it's par for the course? 
be a team player, and do what's expected. Damn, that's been an argument for years is how much creative control should a wrestler really have over their own uh, over their own character and storyline. Um, I mean, they're an artist. I mean, that's I, I think we've learned that over after talking to Mikey and Jerry and uh, PCO, um, Jay Lethal. I mean, you've had some great guests on here that they, they all kind of echo the same thing. And they've all kind of proven it. You're an artist. I'd never tell an artist how to paint a picture. Um, right. I give them some guidelines and hey, this is kind of what we want. Help us get there. And um, but if they're not having a storyline, why why would you force it? Um, I mean, if he's not having a story, like no, I don't I don't want to do that. I don't feel that you're not helping me, and I don't think this is helping the organization. I don't want to put a guy in 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 a bad spot where I don't think he's going to give either a is all. Um, I think that's kind of what it comes down to it. I, I don't think he's going to give it as all. Um, to help sell it. I mean, his heart's not into it. So why would you force him? Well, I mean, you're right. It, it is. I mean, you don't want to try to put a, a square peg in a round hole. It, it's not going to work. I always in the back of my mind fish and I had this feeling and I, I mentioned this to a couple of listeners uh, who, who sent me DMs as great as the impact AEW uh, relationship sounds. I do feel like there are some some hitches in the whole thing. And the reason I feel that way is because I think impact wrestling is doing well. And I don't necessarily think they need one another at this moment. I think impact is gaining ground. They're gaining momentum. I think AEW, um, I'd like to say they're gaining ground, but as far as the numbers go, I don't see that continuously going up. And I'm wondering if that's something to be concerned about as far as a viewer is concerned with, hey, we're kind of getting stagnant as far as our numbers are concerned. Do you look at something like that as far as the growth of a company early on? Or do you think, no, you know what? I'm not even concerned about something like that. I don't know. I think hey, you're right. I mean, Impact has steadily been rising again. Um, they're really starting to you know, get a lot of people's attention. AEW might have plateaued a little bit. And I think that's kind of expected in any kind of organization or business that you're running. You, you know, start to take off a little bit and then you start to gain, you know, start to level off and then they'll start to gain ground a little bit and then they'll start to lay, you know, to level off. Um, I think it's the kind of, kind of what's to be expected with any kind of business. Um, there's going to be some ebbs and flows. Well, I think in a lot of ways, AEW should as much as I like these relationships and we're going to get to what you're drinking, pal, we're going to get to that. My friend, because people in the chatter are noticing that, uh, that the fish is, is, has a very unique drink in his hand this week. I have two. Um, oh, he's got two. You got two balls got, in your hands. I got two balls in my hands. Nice. Um, I think it's, it sounds good, but I don't necessarily think that they need one another right now. No, you're I right. Think, I mean, yeah, you're definitely right on that one. That sings. I, I think it's a little early. And the company's only been around for, what, a little over a year? Yeah. And for them to start kind of crossing over and working with this company, working with that company, on paper, it sounds great. I mean, fans can play fantasy booking until their eyes bleed. But the problem is, is when you work with talent, you have to get talent on the same page. You're going to have to get talent to agree to do what the other promotion wants. And if we're having, if this Sammy Guevara situation is any indication what may happen, and it may just be a hiccup, but doesn't it make you beg the question, if Sammy's not real thrilled 
Do you think other talent in AEW may put a pause if they're asked to go over to Impact Wrestling? Yeah, because then they got you have to wonder, are they going to have my best interest at heart or do they have their best interest at heart? You know, where if I'm a wrestler at AEW, I have trust to a point um, that management has a good plan for me because if they have a good plan for me, it's a good plan for them. Uh, if I have to go to another organization um, as a little talent trade, you know, what are they going to do to me? And is it going to make me look strong or weak? And is it going to hurt my career or help my career? And, um, you know, Mick Foley was always um, great about saying it. He's like, well, we can both get over. He's like, we don't have to, you know, one doesn't have to be strong and one doesn't have to be weak. We can both get over and we can both, you know, ride the wave up. Um, Nick said that in his book a bunch of times about a bunch of different wrestling matches. Um, so yeah, I mean, there is that concern. I'd be, I'd be concerned about that too. You know, it does, if I'm an AEW wrestler, does impact, you know, really have my best interest at heart? You know, what are they going to do to me? How am I going to look? So that's, uh, I think it's definitely a concern. Well, I think it should be a concern anytime you're doing some type of talent switch, talent swap. You, you have to make sure that the players that you're putting in are going to be able to continue to ascend uh, when they come back. Because that's quite essentially the problem that WWE has. They get behind somebody for a while, and then all of a sudden, boom, they're flat. I mean, we saw that with Braun Strowman for the last, what, year? Oh, um, God, that poor guy that disappeared. He just he just vanished. And then what they've done with Ricochet, they were getting behind him, and then now nothing. Um, Alistair you know, Black. He, Alistair Black. Yeah. Alistair Black as well. I feel I feel like this could be good, but I also feel like they might want to do it sparingly as far as crossovers go. I understand yeah, it, that the, the, the Good Brothers have that Bullet Club affiliation. I completely get that. But anything beyond that as of right now, I don't necessarily think it makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, you could do it a little bit. Sometimes less is more. You know, doing it every single week and having different wrestlers from different organizations, you know, especially when you're talking about from the, the two stronger ones, Impact and AEW. Tease it. Sometimes less is more. You don't have to do it every single week. Make it special. Um, bring in uh, Ring, of, Ring of Honor. Bring in NWA. Bring in, uh, oh, NWA was a big one. Um, bring in those, the, the lesser players and start and let them play in the sandbox. But really, you don't need to keep crossing the sandboxes. You don't need to bring in Impact every single week. You don't have to bring in AEW every single week. So, But bring in the smaller ones. I loved when freaking Cody Rhodes was doing the whole little invitational. And he was bringing in different indie guys. And it was a uh, basically an audition. And it gave him a spotlight. And it was it was really cool because it's like, wow, this is, this is fantastic. These are people you never think of seeing on the roster and doing matches. But... Um, you start overexposing it and you start overdoing it. It loses, it loses, loses that panache. It loses the uh, cool surprise of doing it. I mean, you've, you've already seen it. WWE does it all the time. What do you do for pay-per-view that you haven't already done on a raw or a SmackDown? It, there's nothing. Yeah. They don't really seem to save anything or hold anything back for something big or something special. And, I, and I've noticed that with them. A lot of the times they, they tend to just give it away. And if you've noticed with WWE, um, it, they do a blow off pretty quickly after a few just recently had started. 
And it's like, come on now, we, we need to give this time to build or give this time a little bit more to breathe a little bit and get give it a chance for people to get behind it. But unfortunately, WWE lives in a world of instant gratification, meaning if it doesn't you know, set the world on fire immediately, they're going to completely drop it. Um, yeah, I mean, how many, how long did we wait to see Hogan versus Macho Man? How long did that storyline build? It was such a slow boil and it was great. Now they have four weeks to tell a story and then they're on to the next story. It's kind of like you just, you could have just let it. Anticipation is such a good thing. <sighs> well, Fish, you also got to keep in mind back in the day, they only had what the four major pay per views. So they did have that calendar time to let something build up because they weren't pressured into putting out another big show. Now, granted, with the network, which will still exist, it'll just be on a different platform, they don't have to put out a pay-per-view every single month. Technically, they don't have to. And I think less would be more in this case if they gave things more time to build. Um, yeah, unfortunately, it's just going to be something that we're going to have to wait and see how it plays out. But AEW, very interesting, the direction they're going to go in. I think the match in itself is going to be really good between John Moxley and Kenny Omega. Hopefully, it doesn't end in somebody getting seriously hurt, but I think it'll definitely be one for the ages. All right, guys, moving on. Uh, another thing that I thought we would talk about, and, and Fish mentioned this to me this past week in a text message, predict future WWE Hall of Famers. And, you know, as much as I'm not a WWE guy, I'm not at all. Fish got me. He 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 uh, he, he hooked me. And, oh, very good. Uh, well played, well played. You did. You, you, you sent me a text message, and you left the name of the individual out of it. And all you did was send me a list of their accomplishments. And you and you posed a question. You said, what do you think? Could this person be a Hall of Famer? And I believe I texted you back and I said, yeah, I don't see why not. Seems like a pretty good shot at it. And let's do this. Do you still have your the message on your phone of the credentials? Give me a second. Do a promo, do a commercial, do something. I can get it to you in a second. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We are going to step out here. We are going to do a short, short commercial. When we come back, we're going to hear more about the very interesting conversation that the fish and I had. Oh, shit. Aren't you Mikey Whiprick? No, I'm Butterbean. No, 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 no. I am almost positive you have got to be freaking Mikey Whipwreck. No, I Butterbean. No, 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 no. You got to stop lying. You are definitely Mikey Whipwreck. The ECW legend, Mikey Whipwreck. I want to see you do a whippersnapper. Come on! No, I said I am Butterbean. All right, we're back. Uh, do you did did you oh have a God. chance? Wait, 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 wait. We're going. Big Daddy Beardo's on freaking TikTok. Yes, he is. Big Daddy Beardo is on TikTok. Okay, that's on my things to do list. I gotta find Big Daddy on a uh, flipping TikTok because I'm on TikTok too. And uh, holy crap, that's at least I'm not the only oldest guy on TikTok. He's got some gray in did, his beard. He's got we gotta be similar vintage. Hey, I die my shit. Um, did you happen to see when he broke the chair? By the way, I know we're going off topic here. Did you see that? Oh yes, oh yes, I I was watching live. <laughs> that is a thing of beauty, my friend. You you can't you can't script that any better. That was lovely. I felt so bad for him. I mean, he hit the ground and he looked shocked and confused all at once. And I'm like, oh, 
And I'm trying not to laugh, but I'm like, and I wanted to go over and hug him, but I couldn't because I couldn't breathe because I was <laughs> laughing too hard. And um, I felt really bad for the brother because he's such a good guy. And I'm like, oh, son of a gun. Yeah, we all we all love Big Daddy. And, and it was just it was interesting how that all happened. And uh, what show did that happen on again? He, it did happen on the show. It did. That happened on his show. It happened on his show. Which show and, is that? Uh, the Cult of Beardo. Is that here? That's here on this channel. The Cult of Damn. Beardo. When does that drop? I believe that is every single Thursday. And now, now watch, watch. I'll say it and then I'll be wrong. I believe. I believe that is every single Thursday. Please, please correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I feel completely embarrassed. We're waiting for the yep. messages. Thursday. Him and the yes, Ritz. It's Thursday. Him and the Ritz each and every week. It's the cult of Beardo. They talk all things wrestling. They talk other things as well. Highly entertaining. A lot of fun. Definitely subscribe to them. Subscribe to this channel right here as well. And uh, and follow us because this is a great show. Um, so the, the, the text <laughs> message. So here's oh, what it was. Okay, the Ritz telling me it, it's for this week. It's been switched. It's been switched. Well, it's Thursday, but this week it's going to be Wednesday. So we're going to say that right now. And guess Ooh, what? One day they got early. Raven from ECW. Yes, the Raven. I mean, it's not an imposter. Right. It's not someone doing a voiceover. It's nothing like that. It's the Raven, Scotty Polo. The Raven. What's Scotty? Johnny Polo. Scotty Polo. Johnny Polo from WWE fame Polo. Raven. I mean, damn, I, I was wondering who they were getting. And then I saw the text message and I'm like, holy crap. That's and freaking dear. fantastic. So do you want me to read this there. guys? Do you want me to read this guy's accomplishments and let the, uh, yeah, read the, the accomplishments figure it out and then let you guys put it in the chat, who you think this person is and whether or not you think this person is, uh, HOF eligible here we go he has won 19 total championships in wwe having won the wwe championship once the intercontinental eight times the united states championship twice and eight tag team championships and two smackdown tag team championships making him the 25th triple crown champion and 14th grand champ grand slam champion in the the buzz balls have gotten to me I can tell. The 14th uh, Grand Slam champion in the company's history. He also won the 2010 Raw Money in the Bank ladder match and has ranked number one on PWI annual PWI 500 list in 2011, the 10th most prolific pay-per-view performer in WWE history. As of November 2020, he has headlined several events and promotions, including WrestleMania XXVII. I failed math. I don't remember. Is that 27? <laughs> that might be 27. I feel like that's 27. Who is that wrestler? And is so who do you guys is he Hall of Fame worthy? Is this individual Hall of Fame worthy? Yes or no? And go. Order entertain. Uh, believes it's the Miz. Order entertains. Yes, the Miz is. Uh, let's see here. Got news? Is it the Miz? Fuck it. Yeah. Um, let's see here. So, it is the Miz. It is yes. the Miz. Yes, it is. And he just recently won another 
WWE Championship at the last pay-per-view. So he is now a two-time WWE Champion to add that to his long list of credentials. And before I knew who it was, I said, just looking at it, that he should be in the Hall of Fame. Now, I didn't get your response back to that, Fish. So it's The Miz. He's won another WWE Championship. Do you say he's in? Compared to who else is already... See, that's just it. The Hall of Fame bugs the crap out of me. Because the Hall of Fame should be the best, I think, workers ever. The guys that were like it on on the microphone that could work in the ring, that could make a freaking broom look good in the ring. And sometimes the WWE's kind of gone just a little skew on it. And they've let some guys in where I'm like, really? Him? Um, uh, All right. What the heck do I know? Um, Because I just think it should be like the best of the best. And um, I think they've kind of gone astray of that with some inductees. Should the Miz be in it? I, I wouldn't think so. I think he's a great character. I think he's phenomenal on the mic. I think he gets the crowd riled up and heat. Um, but as a worker in the ring, eh, eh. Especially compared to some of the other guys that are in the Hall of Fame, really. Would you say his his name in the same breath as some of the other ones? You know, Ricky is Ricky Steamboat's in. He's got to be in, right? Ricky Steamboat is in. Yeah, Ricky Steamboat, Ric Flair, The Undertaker. I mean, there are some guys that just absolutely, if all it was based on is the work of the ring, The Miz is nowhere near him. Um, I think The Miz is just phenomenal in the mic and just just pokes the crowd so well. Um, That's why I like him. Um, but I'm not sure if he's a Hall of Famer. What do you think? That's so tough to say. And the reason why I say it's tough is because you kind of mentioned it before. You just, you don't know. I mean, WWE is is one of those companies that you look at it and you go, hmm, there's some other people that are in the Hall of Fame that I don't necessarily know would qualify for a Hall of Fame. And I've been watching wrestling for a very long time. So there is very few people Um, that I have not seen their work and not thought that they were worthy of being in there. Now, with that being said, there are some people, and I know I might piss off a few people when I say this, Don the Rock Morocco, I don't believe should be in the Hall of Fame. Is he in the... He's in in the the Hall of Fame. Damn. Okay, there's a guy that... No, there's a guy that I wouldn't say is Hall of Fame worthy. He... He was a great character back in the day, but as a worker, meh, meh. He's he's just not. Again, he's not Ric Flair. He's not Ricky Steamboat. Um, shoot, he's not William Regal. William Regal, I think, is a phenomenal freaking worker. He's one of my yes, absolute is. favorites. I mean, in the ring, if I only got to watch one guy, it might be William Regal because the d- damn guy just freaking is phenomenal. He's reinvented himself so many freaking times. All right, I'm going to bring up a name that, that that everybody seems to harp upon when they talk about the WWE Hall of Fame and whether or not certain people should get in. Do you know the name I'm going to go with? I'd say Kevin Nash. Okay. <laughs> are you are you being serious or are you joking? I'm serious. I, I don't think Kevin Nash should be in there. He's he's another one that... Okay. He's, he's a cool character, but as a worker... I, mm. Let us know in the chat. Do you think that Kevin Ash should not be in? I mean, if you if you think, eh, um, Coco Beware is the is the one I was talking about, and and I know a lot of people are going to say, 
hey, did you see what he did, you know, back in the, the early 80s? And I have. I've gone back and I've watched his matches. He was interesting, but by no means did he ever wow me. Um, and, and a lot of people will say, well, what's wowing supposed to mean? Well, you know, guys like, I think, Jake the Snake Roberts. Yes. That was a, that was a wow factor. You know what I mean? Um, Macho Man Randy Savage was a yes. wow factor. Um, who did I also not think should be in? I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say this, but the Godfather. I can't. I can't. He was Papa Shango. Yes, he was. But I just, I don't feel like he was H-O-F ready. Um, yeah, because by saying Hall of Fame, you should be able to say the guy's name in the same breath as somebody else. So Coco be Beware is on the same level as Ric Flair? Really? Ooh, All right. I, I, I got another it. one. I got another one. Teddy Long. I'm sorry. I know Teddy Long was a, was a manager, was a referee, was involved with um, you know, NWA. He was involved with WCW, but I just don't look at him and think. Hall same level as Bobby Heenan. Doesn't work for me. Bobby Heenan is for me, brother. Bobby Heenan was a good wrestler back in the day. He was good. He was really, really good. But as a freaking manager, I pay admission just to see him at, at ringside. The guy was great. And then as a commentator, I tuned in just to listen to Bobby. He was freaking right. phenomenal. He, he was. He had such great one-liners. He was so entertaining just by himself. He could, you know. Hey, Bobby, read me the phone book, and I'd be captivated for two hours because he'd be funny. Okay. I don't know if I've got this correct or not, and, and somebody in the chat can let me know if this is correct or not. Um, the Bellas. I know that mm. sounds like a dumb question. Are they in? Really? No. I'm, just, I'm, I'm asking because I'm looking at something right here that, that is showing the Bellas. I didn't think that they were in in Goodness, hoping they are not. Um, no. Yeah. I, I, I know I know we have to get in some, you know, blah, 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 to fill in certain blanks and check certain boxes, but no. There's other women far more deserving that out-hustled, out-worked, that way more deserving than the Bellas. Sorry, ladies. I You never captivated me, just as a wrestling fan. I'm going to have to say this one too. And I know people are going to poo poo on this, but Tori Wilson, I can't go with Tori Wilson. China, I can absolutely go with. China, mm. I can actually go with. I can absolutely see that and I can defend that. Um, all right. So let's, let's kind of move away from people who are already in and we're deciding whether or not they should be in. Let's talk about people that are currently on the roster. Do we think if we were to look down the road, do we think that they will have the resume, the credentials? Um, to be a Hall of Famer. So I'm going to start naming some, and then we're going to go back and forth, okay? Okie dokie. All right. First one, we're going to, we're going to start with a softball. Brock Lesnar. Brock's in. His Without work, a doubt. Yeah, his work in the ring is great. Can he talk? No, and please don't let him talk. Paul Heyman can talk for him. But in the ring, dude is stellar. I mean, freaking fantastic. If he yeah, didn't, he's really good. If he, even if he didn't have Paul Heyman by his side, I'd pay money to watch him in the ring. Yes. And he was great. The guy can move. The guy can work. Uh, this one should be pretty easy as well. Randy Orton. The guy's been doing it for freaking... God, how old is he? He hasn't aged in freaking years, bastard. He hasn't. And he just works. He can do anything, too. He's smooth. 
everything he does is so good. And Spe- on the mic, he's good. Speaking of smooth and really good, it's about time we talk about something that is smooth and good. And that's our good friends over at Buzz Balls. Guys, if you are wanting to have a little bit of a nightcap and you don't really know what to go with, Fish, tell them a little about Buzz Balls and what you have there with you tonight. Buzz Balls. I went to the liquor store today and I got the Forbidden Apple and something Peach Buzz Balls. Peach Buzz Balls? Oh my God. Now, these aren't very expensive. I think I paid like $250 for a ball. And uh, I got two balls in my hand right now. And uh, I know that just made Mike chuckle a little bit. And yes, uh, did. damn it, the the sour apple, well, the forbidden apple is that green kind of sour apple kind of taste. Doesn't have a big liquor bite to it, but it's definitely doing the job. It's definitely getting the buzz. I've never actually had these before until tonight. And uh, so the I definitely, definitely am going to get more of the forbidden apple. And the peach, if you like peach, damn it, these are good. These are really, really good. I mean, I, I had the wife try one. Uh, before I came down to record tonight, and she's even like, "Where did you hear about these?" I'm like, "Front row material." I'm like, "I never would have heard about these except for front row material." And they're good, and they're going down really, really quick. It's not like those. Uh, what did we have back in the day? Those uh, those fruit drinks, the wine coolers, and everything else. These are Bartles definitely. James or... Yeah, these are definitely <laughs> definitely better than those. I mean, hands down. I don't know what the alcohol content is because I don't have my glasses on, and I've had too many already, and. Um, they're getting the job done. Holy crap. And they're, they have one, it's called, it's a chocolate buzz ball. Yeah. Apparently if you add a little bit of sugar and a little bit of cinnamon to it, I wish they had buzz balls in Alberta, Travis Bohab. Um, yeah. I th- last I talked to buzz balls, they're going to be coming across the border shortly. Um, they have a chocolate one that if you add two different ingredients, you get a, um, a King's cake, the uh, Mardi Gras kind of flavor to it. And uh, so I'm going to go back probably this weekend to go get that. Apparently, if you Ooh. go online, you can you can mix a little bit and you get a nice king cake flavor to it. So uh, Buzz Balls, holy cow. These are excellent. They have more flavors than just this. I never would have found it without front row material. And Mikey Whipwreck going blah, blah, blah about this. And I finally, uh, finally stepped up and tried it. And I am not disappointed. I am very much not disappointed. I'm not a drinking guy, but um, I might learn to be. I definitely might learn to be. Well, if you guys are wanting to know more about Buzz Balls, it's real simple. All you got to do is go to buzzballs.com. I'm going to spell that out for you. B-U-Z-Z-B-A-L-L-Z.com. The website is super, super user-friendly. When you go down here, obviously you got to click that you're above age to drink. But then that's where this process becomes so smooth and easy it says find buzz balls in a store near you. So you click the find now button. All you got to do is type in your area code. So you go on and you do that and it will then find a buzz ball. Um, I don't want to say distributor, but a, a, a facility location. or buzz balls. Yeah, location. And you don't even have to even type that in. Sometimes uh, it'll with your Wi-Fi, it'll automatically pull one up for you. So it tells me that I have one, two, three, four, five. I have five different locations where I can get buzz balls in my area. And it's incredible. Oh, they even tell you exactly which buzz balls they carry at each location. So if you're looking for a special flavor, a specific flavor, where you're like, it's like looking at a menu. I can go here and get these five flavors. I can go here and get these seven flavors. I can go over here and get these. 15 they have a great menu and a great selection of different tastes dude 
if you got a girl in your life, if you got a woman in your life, get her a buzz ball or two. And then maybe she'll get you a buzz ball or two. Who knows? Oh, hey now. She'll love it. My wife yeah. loved it. So I'm going to have to go back. But the, the website was so easy. I was driving around off surveillance, getting off work. And I'm like, well, where do they have these things? Went online, found it in less than a minute, got where I needed to be. And they had everything I wanted that they said they had. It was so freaking easy. I mean, yeah. Oh. I mean, it, if you're trying to relax after a long day and you just want to kick back a few nice, nice drinks, but you don't want to feel like you have to make something. You don't want to feel like you have to mix any drinks. Try Buzz Balls. And as the fish was talking about, if you go on their website and you click on products, this is so cool because they have all the lists of flavors and they also have a star rating. So if you have one of their flavors you can go ahead and vote in their star ranking system it shows all the reviews of what people thought about them so they got hazelnut latte lotta colada peach balls um tequila rita i'm just naming a few of these as i go along here but forbidden apple cran blaster watermelon smash ruby red Ooh. grapefruit strawberry rum job delicious <laughs> uh, <laughs> stiff lemonade pineapple passion Choco Teas, Strawberry Rita, and, and there's so many more. So by all means, go on over to their website. Once again, that's BuzzBalls, B-U-Z-Z-B-A-L-L-Z.com. Super easy. Find a store in your area that has the BuzzBalls. So, hey, and, and to answer favor. the question, yeah? No, go to Twitter, find BuzzBalls, like and follow BuzzBalls, tell them we sent you. Tell yes. them from material sent you. Annoy the crap out of them. Let them know the only reason that you're there is because of us and That's because right. of Mikey. Most importantly, brother Mikey introduced us to Buzz Balls and let him let them know that Mikey did more sales work than most of their sales guy probably ever did all year. No, I agree. I could not agree with you more. So Buzz Balls is the uh, is the amazing drink right now. It's not expensive either. So if you're worried about cost. It's only a couple of bucks. You're going to get yourself. I think it's like, what, two and a half shots worth? It's it's a nice drink. Oh, crap. Is that what I've drank so far? Damn. Well, I'm that's our, just one. <laughs> I'm half a ball here, and I'm less than half a ball over here. You're two-fifths in the balls? I'm going to sleep well tonight. You yeah. are. I've never heard Man. that before describing me, except for that one time we're not going to talk about. No, we're not oh, going to well. mention it. Those records are sealed. But Back to the conversation of a potential WWE Hall of Famers that are currently on the active roster. All right, I'm going to throw some ones out here that are going to require you to really do some thinking and some soul searching. Bray Wyatt. Negative. I Wyatt love the no character. Yeah. I love the character. He is not, he has worked, I think, mostly as a part timer because I don't feel he's been. I don't think he's been on the roster that much. They've done really good at protecting him where they don't overexpose him week in and week out. Um, I mean, maybe he does like little run-ins here and there, but I don't think he's done enough as a worker. Um, And listen to me as a non-wrestler saying, you know, as a worker, but he hasn't done enough to impress upon me that he's Hall of Fame worthy. Great character, great gimmick. He's reinvented himself or whoever's come up with the gimmicks that he's reinvented himself with. Um, They've done a great job, but I don't see it. I uh, got think? news. No, no, I would agree with you. I think he's also in the category, and I know people are going to shit on this, of a Papa Shango. 
And I, I don't feel like a lot of the super gimmicky people um, are the ones that typically get in. Now, you're going to have a few. Obviously, the Ultimate Warrior, super gimmicky. Um, but I don't see Bray Wyatt getting in. I just, I just don't. And the Ultimate Warrior is one of the ones where I'm like, iconic, yes, he was rememberable because he was from our childhood. But as a worker, eh. No, he shit the eh. bed. I mean, it was not anything memorable. I mean... He worked with a few guys who made him look good. Um, I, I remember some stories about how Rick Rude would really work his butt off to make those matches, especially in the Boston Gardens, look really good with the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, Jake Roberts worked really hard with the Warrior. But unfortunately, sometimes guys just don't dance with each other well. And it looks like now that we're looking back in time, it, it looks like the Warrior didn't always want to dance with people. And that's I heard a shame. I heard a story from Bobby Heenan because Bobby Heenan did a story about the ultimate warrior, about warrior work with Andre. And I guess he was a little too stiff and, um, first night, you know, on or warrior gives him the clothesline really, really stiff. And Andre's like, Ugh. second night warrior goes into the ropes, gives him the, gives him the clothesline a little too stiff. Andre didn't like it. And he's Ugh. third night. Andre put out his fists and clocked the warrior when he came off the ropes. And the warrior never did that again. Never, ever, ever, yeah. never, ever, ever. <laughs> Don't upset the big man. Um, what about this guy? What about Bobby Lashley? Uh, that might be an under the radar guy. Do you think Bobby Lashley has what it takes to potentially get in? Crap. He's a really good worker. Has a great look. He's a really good worker. I Anthony Anton hide my dick. He says no. I I as of right now I don't think so. I mean I don't pay attention to WWE as much as I probably should. But um, God I don't know if I'd pay to go see. I guess what it comes down to I wouldn't pay to go see a Bobby Lashley match. I wouldn't. Okay, that's fair. He doesn't do it for me. I mean does he does nothing for me? All right, I'm gonna go with one that I think may happen the new day as a trio do you think the new day when we look back years from now will be looked upon as one of the best marketable successful factions in wwe yeah i think they've done so much with absolutely nothing um from the uh the bootios to the ice cream to i mean they did so many the pancake thing they did so much cool stuff. Their matches were always entertaining as trios, as tag teams, as singles. Um, I'm not a great fan of them, but damn it, it's undeniable that they were so absolutely good uh, as a trio, as everything. They did. They are probably like our version of the Freebirds. Um, wow, that's a pretty that's a pretty bold statement. They did so many cool things. I mean, just. Absolutely cool things. I mean, they they came up with their own lines. The crowd gets behind them. It's and, and they could work in the ring. They did so many cool things. I mean, the whole little uh, oh shoot, which one does the whole little when he goes over the top? You know, what is he going to do this year? What is he going to do this year to avoid being eliminated? Oh, Kofi Kingston. Damn it, that guy can work. Holy crap, yeah. Elijah is the other one. I mean, the, Big E. Damn it, as singles, as trios, as tag teams, they're really good. I mean, absolutely good. And I think when we look back, we're going to remember, you know, 
the new day and all the neat things that they did. It's so interesting when we talk about these because let's okay. Hmm. I didn't know my question to you earlier in the week was going to bug you this or just spur off oh, such a big conversation. Oh, it very much <laughs> did. It very much. Now, how about you throw a few out? Is there anybody currently on the roster that you think could be on the cusp? May, may not. What's your take? Uh, Dolph Ziggler. Based on his accomplishments, look at all the titles he's won. Tag team, IC, heavyweight. He's done it all. I think he's another one of those triple crown winners. I mean, if we're going based upon that, I, I can't deny Dolph Ziggler getting in. Now, we all know that it's it's more of a who's in good graces with Vince type of deal. Uh, folks, keep this in mind. This has nothing to do whatsoever with how many championships necessarily somebody wins because WWE seems to be fascinated with giving guys belts, losing the belts, getting the belts back, and just racking up how many times they've been champion. The one thing that I learned in wrestling, you might be a 16-time champion, but you also lost it 16 times as well. So it goes both ways. Um, I, I would say <laughs> Dolph... God, I think Dolph might have a shot. AJ Styles. Oh, absolutely, without a the doubt, hands down. Samoa Joe put him in now. Who is the brother that uh, uh, the – see, now here's where I, I, I fail because I don't pay attention to WWE because they turned me off a long time ago. Who's the Indian guy that got fired and then got jacked and then got brought back? Oh, you're talking – okay. <laughs> the guy from 3MB. Um, yes. Oh my God! Oh, this is terrible. I'm having a the senior moment. B. I am as well. Um, what was I've had? Name? I've had multiple concussions, so I have Gen an excuse. Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal. Does Jinder get in? Where, where, where has he been? I mean, once again, uh, I don't follow the WWE product very strongly. Um, does Jinder Mahal get in? I'm going to have to go with a big no. And since we're going with, I'll, I'll take it on this road. Uh, the Great Kali. I, I had that on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> Once again, I say no to Kali just because I don't think that he'd be able to get through an acceptance speech. Oh, God. Please don't give him a microphone. Let the other guy talk for him. So since we're going to go with projections, Shinsuke projections. Nakamura. Shinsuke Nakamura in Japan, amazing. Shinsuke Nakamura inside WWE, not so much. So if it's based upon his work in WWE, I say no. No to Shinsuke. And that's a shame because I really would have liked to have seen Shinsuke uh, ascend to the to the, the highest peaks. And um, they just to give him a shot. Shinsuke, guys, in the chat right now, let us know. Do you think Nakamura gets in or no? Because based on his potential, if he can tap into it, I like him. Well... Liam Savage says, or hashtag uh, Vince Crusoe's younger brother, uh, NXT, he was great, which I would agree with you on that. Did, would we say that he's, were you, you weren't with me when we had this discussion. It was Mikey and Chariots. Look at Liam Savage's picture. Great guy. But that picture right there is a combination of Jesus and, um, and, a, and a young Vince Russo. Yes, I'm he, sorry. After he was Vic Venom. I, I'm so sorry that God did that to you. Damn. Mm -hmm. 
Damn. Look um, what God did to me. Yeah. Look what, I have no hairline. That's why I wear a hat now. I'm completely bald except for the beard. Oh, I just had a guy <laughs> in the tip of my tongue who just said shit about me right now. No, it's uh, it's Liam Savage. And Liam, God, I love you to death. <laughs> he, he hates my ass right now. You son of a bitch. Wait, is that mf -er oh. directed at me or you? No, <laughs> that's I... directed directly at my fat ass. Absolutely, Definitely. without a shadow of a doubt. Where's the drunk Canadian right now? Oh, my God. The guy with dial-up. Got news. Have you been introduced to our friend of the show, Christopher Butt? Yes, we talk regularly. Very and nice. actually, we were on the show together for New Year's Eve. And Christopher, the New Year's Eve show. Yes, and he wasn't exactly with it. He was... um. I don't know what he was drinking, but he was he was having a good time. Okay. I, I, sorry, it's not got news. It's got Noof. Okay. So I guess it's Newfoundland. Here's the deal. He was drunk as shit. But let me tell you this right now. Even if he wasn't, he sold that so well. Just for that, Christopher Butt, he's in the hall. He was a lot of fun. Is Kurt Angle in the Hall of Fame yet? Kurt Angle is in the Hall of Fame. This is correct. Yeah, he was a given. He was definitely a given. Yes. Uh, let's throw out another one. Let's see who, I mean, John Cena is kind of a given. That's not even, that's an, that's an easy one. I think not even in question. Yes. Is there um, anybody listening that has a guy they want to stump us on? Yeah. Who do you, who do you guys think out there? What women are out there? I, I know I'm, I'm very, I'm very pro women. Uh, we've had a lot of conversations about women's wrestling and how it's changed over 10 years, uh, for the better and for the worse. I mean, when I was in college, I like nothing better than watching a brawn panties match with Stacy Keebler. But now we have athletic women that can work just as good as the men. So they've made things entertaining. All right, here we go. We're throwing out some people. Victoria, uh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. Molly Holly, I'm going to have to give a big no on. Um, Damn. Mickey James, I thought Mickey James was talked about going in i think we could go with a mickey james yes um i don't know a whole lot about aja kong i don't aja Candace kong's Mich got a great look i like aja kong's look awesome kong where the hell is awesome kong she was doing the uh the tv show um oh glow? God. glow glow and then and then glow just automatically or somehow just got canceled because it was, was during the show. pandemic it was a good show and they just kind of left us there it was kind of lame um, so I don't know a lot about her Sable. I could see now, Sable getting in. No, oh, please don't do that. No, come on, no. Sable. <sighs> come on. When I was in college, I loved to cheer for her because you know boobs. But right. uh, no, I mean couldn't work in the ring. I mean all she was was just eye candy to bring out in front of the cameras. I, I, sorry guys, I, I'm a straight guy too. I like women. I, I'm married to a woman. I'm married to a hot woman. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> what? Whether my wife is hot or not? What are we arguing? No, I'm not. No, 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 no. I am not. I am the Mrs. Fish. I'm not doing anything right now. Um, You're gonna you know what? <laughs> you, you know what? You know what we could do right now? I've been waiting uh, for our guests, and unfortunately, it looks like time is not quite uh working out for us right now but i'm going to see if i can pull somebody somebody else up and if i get this person 
I want everyone in the room to immediately go to their Twitter and literally tweet the shit out of this. Okay? Are we all in agreement? Every single one of you. I have my phone up. Okay. Okay, here we go. Let me see here. Uh, Is it Moondog Greg? Because I'm already friends with Moondog Greg. It is not Moondog Greg. I don't know how I would do this. This individual wants me to to get a hold of them in a way that I may or may not be able to. Um, hmm. Am I going to fanboy out? I don't know if I want to. I, I don't know if I'm ready for this. You you may. You very well may. He he's given me his hotel room number, and I uh, man. Um, let me let me ask him what their email is. I've never said that about another guy. I've never actually said. He's giving me his hotel room number. A lot of women have done that <laughs> for me, but never a man, except for that one night. And we don't talk about that. Oh, gosh. Let's see here. Okay. All right. So everybody just hold tight here. Let's see here. All right. I'm going to try this right now. I'm not going to tell you who this is until this person gets on, but I need every single one of you guys, if this works, to let everyone who follows you know this. All right. Keep talking. Keep drinking. I'm going to hand it over to Fish as I try to get this figured out here. I'm going to fanboy out. This is not going to be good. I hope it's not Francine because I've already had an altercation with Francine. You had an altercation? What? I ran into Francine once upon a time ago at a nightclub. God, I was in high school. I almost got beat up by RVD and uh, Sabu at a restaurant. Um, so I'm wondering who... You didn't know about this? No. Yeah. I ran into RVD and freaking Sabu. And Sabu had this mismatched outfit on. He had a cowboy hat. I don't remember what kind of oversized shirt on. A pair of Zubas and cowboy boots. And I was kind of a big mouth back in college, and I was ragging on him. I just came back from ECW match. So there was a bunch of my friends. We were trying to get sobered up. And, um, yeah, when he got closer with his friend, who was RVD, um, I shut my mouth real quick because it <laughs> was about to get really bad really quick. Oh Did not recognize God. him. I'm like, look at the freak in the Zubas and the cowboy boots. What a freaking! And I was just going blah, blah, blah. And I was very loud. And, uh, yeah. And I'm, I didn't recognize him as our, as freaking Sabu. And I felt so bad, not because I was going to get, well, yeah, because I was going to get beat up, but also because Holy crap. Um, I had just come from the match and I was just cheering for the guy. So it was, it was kind of a, a bad situation. Oh my God. Francine may be bark for an autograph. We were at bar somewhere. Don't remember where. But I want an autograph. I had a picture of her. What? Is it Francine? No, keep going. This is going to be awkward. There's a restraining no, order. It... Oh, okay. No, no. Yeah. She made me bark for it. She's just like, you really want an autograph? I'm like, yes. And I was like 20. She's like, get on your fours and bark. She's like, she's like bark. And I started, woof, woof, woof. And she's like, no, 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 sweetheart. She's like, you don't understand. She's like, I want you on all fours and I want you to bark. And I'm like, Okay, so yeah, that was that was another awkward situation. My wife is looking at me right now. She's like, I can't believe I freaking married you. I was just about to say, my gosh, she's paid her dues. Oh, you have no idea how much she's paid her dues. She's giving me this awful look like I can't believe I married you. It's been 20 years. Are there any other Hall of Famers? Let's predict them. Who else from the current roster is worthy 
of the Hall of Fame. Who do you predict? You guys will pop up on the screen sooner or later. I think. Oh, crap. I'm I'm controlling everything here. Hold on a second. Oh, uh, that was you the whole time? I thought it was yeah, actually... Yeah, that's the, uh, me. That's me. Hold on. The uh, two listeners. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're losing people like left and right here. Um, I'm working on this here. Stand, stand by. <laughs> is it blue? Can you give us some hints? Um, it is Can an ECW legend. I will tell you that. And I'm not, I'm not just throwing the word legend out as if it was just anybody. This is definitely an ECW legend. Ooh, who could it be? Damn. There, there's only a few, there's only a few people worthy of ECW legend status. I mean, that's Tommy Dreamer. That's Sabu. That's Shane Douglas, whose shirt I had. And I'm apologizing right now because I was mistaken for Shane Douglas when I was younger at a uh, bus depot when I was traveling to Baltimore because I was wearing your shirt. At that Why do you look at me like that? I, I had just, hair. I was good looking. No, I I'm not saying you hair. look. Oh, my gosh. I had muscles. You have you have some very eclectic stories about your experiences. Yeah, I've okay. had a weird... Very interesting life. Is it going? Is it getting frustrating on your side of the board? No, no, no. It's it's great. I tell you what. You know, I'm I'm very happy with uh, with looking at you, and I'm glad that whole whirlwind shitstorm's really gone right now. Yeah, I don't know uh, what, not, what, it, what went wrong with that. So it it is not uh, it is not Tommy Cairo. It is not Chris Chetty. It is not Little Guido. So those guesses, uh, it is not that big blue meanie. Who also broadcasts on this channel? Well, we've had, not on this we've channel. We've had Blue Meanie on before. But me, on is MLW. this someone we've talked to? Is this someone we've talked to before? This is someone who has never appeared on Front Row Material ever before. Is it Taz? Fuck Taz. Oh, you got quiet. Oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> you is know, it, given. Is it Jerry? <laughs> it's not late enough in the show for Jerry to show up. We have Headland Storm on the show already, so it is it's by uh process of elimination. It is not Landstorm. So the ECW said, people that we've You had, said not yeah. Taz, and I, I wouldn't put down Taz only because even in his medical condition, I'm pretty sure he could still kick my ass. So I'm not gonna pick on Taz. Hmm. Different so the people we've had on, on the show, obviously Mikey and Jerry. We've obviously had the blue meanie. Um, we've also had Landstorm. Um, we've had Jim Molino as well, and Jim's going to be coming back as well. Just to let everybody know, I've been in contact with Jim and, uh, Jim is willing to come on and I think we're going to bring him on. It's not Joey. Is there a wrestler or, a, um, uh, hmm. Oh, we've is had just a... incredible as well. So that would no, just incredible. I, I take that back. Just incredible was on the cult of Beardo. Beulah so McGillicuddy. I wouldn't mind Beulah. I would actually mm. love to talk to Beulah McGillicuddy. Beulah would be good to talk to. Uh, Joey. Joey Styles. You know what I have a feeling about the whole Joey Styles thing? I feel like Conrad's eventually going to get him on a, on a show. Because Joey what? Styles would be a good storyteller. I, th I think Joey knows a lot of cool stories. He's a good talker, and he'd be good to listen to for hours. He'd be one that I'd actually encourage to get his own podcast, because I'd love to hear all the stories. And I'm sure they'd be drawn out over a over a period of time. Oh, who was the referee with the whistle? I'm blanking on his name. Manager extraordinaire of Taz and Sabu. Repeat that again. You're 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 breaking up here. 
Who's the who's the manager with the whistle in ECW? Oh, Bill Alfonso. Is it Alfonso? Yeah, Bill Alfonso. So as we're waiting for this potential uh, big guest to come by, they're in their hotel room. They're literally texting me, um, and I'm just checking as we go. Let's talk about this real quick. The older use of stars, WWE, AEW, and Impact. Um, you and I had this conversation a few days ago as well, and we were talking about how it's a big contrast. I mean, a big contrast in the way WWE uses older stars versus the way AEW uses older stars. Tell me a little bit about what you were telling me in a text message to everybody here. Give me a running head start because I forget. I've already had two buzz balls. You gotta be. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm a lightweight balls. man. So what you were what you were telling me is WWE brings on older stars, but they don't bring on older stars to promote younger stars or to get younger stars over or to enhance the show. They bring them on because WWE still books these guys in high profiled angles where AEW right now has brought in the rock and roll express and they've done some great work. Um, obviously they brought in Jake Roberts. They've accented him. They've had him um, work with Lance Archer. I'd like to say that he gave the rub to Lance Archer, but Lance Archer never needed a rub. That guy was just good to begin with. Uh, Sting is giving, you know, um, the green light did to Darby Allen. Did you see what Sting did? Did I see what Sting did or what happened to Sting? Either way, because holy crap, I cringed and I prayed for him to get off the mat. What 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 he agreed to do, because that was that 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 really concerned me I, I i would hope i feel like sting's a very intelligent man that he'd make intelligent decisions he doesn't seem to be one of those you know think with his ego first kind of guys i think he really puts some thought into things and to take a power bomb considering the injuries he's already had at his advanced age made me a little concerned yeah i was surprised he would take a bump like that uh, i mean you know when he was coming in I thought it would be a situation where he would kind of be like a Jake Roberts, meaning he would be teamed up with Darby and maybe have a mentorship type of thing. Maybe he would show up at, at unique places and maybe take some guys out with the bat. But I never saw him actively competing again, just for the simple fact that he had uh, that back situation. And I had heard that he had held off on that spinal fusion surgery because he wanted to have one one more match. More match. So I thought they'd he, do him more like what they did with DDP. I mean, DDP got into a match, but it was a tag. Yes. He bumped a little bit, got the crowd, gave a couple of diamond cutters, and was out. Yes. I was cool with that. I mean, I he looked good. I, he looked good. He looked strong. Um, he didn't take away from my memory of him where I'm like, oh, this guy used to be like this. You know, it's like Bill Goldberg with WWE. You'd see him do these high-profile matches, and you're like, oh, 20 years ago, damn. But now, please don't do this. Please don't feature him in a match longer than a minute because he just – I don't think he was ever a great worker. He's, he, there's another guy, Goldberg. Sorry, dude. I, I know he can beat my ass, but um, you're not a Hall of Famer. You're not. You're not. Is you're he, a lot of is hype. He, is he already in the Hall of Fame? Can somebody confirm that? Yeah, because I don't know. If he is, he should be voted out. If he isn't, please don't put him in. Because he, wanted, he, he's just not it. 
He's not it. He was a great character. He rode a great wave. He was promoted really well, but the dude can't go longer than four minutes. He doesn't have a move set. He can't work a he can't work a match. I don't think in any match that he was ever in, he ever called the match. He was just there. He did his moves and snorted the smoke. Smoke. I said smoke. That's what he snorted. Smoke. <laughs> I don't want to be. Feel, do, do you almost feel like you could put somebody like Goldberg and the Ultimate Warrior into the same breath? Because when you think about mm. it, they were they were both very intense. They were both very hot for a period of time, not a very long period of time. But then all of a sudden, things kind of faded for them. Now, granted, WWE did bring him back. The WrestleMania um, against Brock Lesnar did not did not look good with uh, with Goldberg. I mean, obviously, both guys were already going to be leaving the company. You know, there was a lot of there was a lot of speculation on things that they could have done with Bill Goldberg, but it just it, it didn't come to fruition. Um, I liked Bill, but I'm I'm kind of in the camp you're at. Um, I'm not going to call him quite a flash in the pan because he was a little bit longer than that. But ultimately, they often say if you can name someone on a first name basis in the general public and people know who they are, that they would be potentially Hall of Fame worthy. So if you just say Goldberg, do you think the average person would know who he is just by Goldberg or would they think that he's a a Jewish jeweler? God, I don't know if the average person knows who Goldberg is. I just don't know. I mean, the circle I run in, they're mostly wrestling fans. And I say Goldberg, like, oh, yeah. And everybody knows who it is. I mean, but right. Goldberg and the Warrior being a comparison, that's phenomenal. I think they did the uh, the honeymoon spot really, really well, where they were there for a short time, not a long time. Um, they got the job done. But really, was it really that satisfying? Meh. So, God, it sounds, sounds like half the night's in bed with me. Man. No comment. I got no comment. I got no comment. Those records are sealed. Don't start that rumor. Unless Don't you get look at me. Buzz like balls that. in me. Oh, hey, buzz balls. Not only does it, uh, you know, get you where you want to go, but it makes you better in bed. Buzz balls. Buzzballs.com. Check them out. Guys, please tag them. Tag them and let them know you heard about them on Front Row Material. Tag me. Tag the fish. Tag Mike. Annoy- tag Jerry. Annoy the crap out of them. Just tell them Mikey sent you. Mikey Whipwreck sent you from Front Row Material. And just keep doing it over and over and over again. Just light up their DMs. Their DMs are open. I've been over there on the site. Check them out. So when you've joined the show, you're probably not super familiar with some of the other people that we are big fans of, are you? Who, me? I've been with you since the beginning. Well, so you know what I mean. Are you familiar with all the people that we've been trying to, uh, to get to be a part of our show? I think so. Okay, so the ice cream company. What's the ice cream company? Oh, oh no, because I tag you all the time on that crap. Halo, Halo Top, Halo Top ice cream. I try so hard to get them to get some intention over on this way. And again, the only reason I know about that company is because of you guys, Hormel Chili. I don't know why you chose Hormel Chili. It's fucking good. (laughs) (laughs) They're a great product. I didn't think about them until you kept dropping their name over and over again. And now I go to the store and I'm like, Hormel Chili. Freeland was talking about Hormel Chili. See, I'm telling you right now, we are the perfect spokesperson for a product. 
If you are interested in advertising with us, let people know. So I want to give you a, a little information here. So Jim Molino is going to be dropping by the not not tonight. He's not the special guest. Jim Molino will be stopping by the program. Uh, I have reached out to Kerry Silken, uh, the former owner of Ring of Honor. He will be joining us on Front Row Material. Uh, Danny Daniels from AAW is going to be rejoining us. He's been a show uh, guest on the show before. Vert Vixen, been in contact with her. Uh, we're reaching out to set up a date with her as well. A date to be on the show. I'm a married man. I'm not trying to, you know. Beulah McGillicuddy. Well, we've, we've reached out know. to her. Have we? We've reached Have out. We? Yeah. Can we? Can we? Um, let me ask you this. You know, outside of the the older stars used in wrestling here. So we we talked about some of them, and, and Flair has been used recently in WWE with the whole Lacey Evans situation, which I don't know if I necessarily bought that storyline a whole lot. What are some other other stars that are older that have been used either in a positive way or in a not so flattering way? There's been a couple of times where freaking they brought back the NWO. And they had uh, who was that tag team that was actually really good from NXT? They had the whole the like no, they had the the warrior the the road warriors gimmick going on. Uh, Victor and Connor, um, help me out. The Jersey Ascension. Devil. Yes. Why? Here's what I want to say really quickly. Our listeners are fucking intelligent as hell. Do you have any idea? We stumble for a hot second every other minute they have the answer already i think we've got the smartest listeners just threw that out there please continue no they're uh, that's why i figured i'm like jersey devil please help me out jersey devil please uh, the ascension they brought the ascension into the ring nwo was there and they got the and it was like way after their prime nwo they were just there just to do that one night and they flipping just goofed on them and they made them look weak and small and stupid and ascension was out and i'm like why why is that a good payoff i'm like you did get the ascension over which is what you want to do because they're there for the long term you made them look stupid and small and weak and why why what was what was the purpose of it i mean they're going to pop for the nwo no matter what you do to them you can do right. anything you want to them they're going to pop for them but you made the ascension look stupid what a dumb investment why would you invest more money into that that tag team? You made them look terrible. <laughs> hey guys, I'm going to introduce you right now. Somebody who is going to be joining us right now, and uh, I hope you're excited and ready for this. Everyone, I'd like to welcome in Sinister Minister himself, Mr. James Mitchell. There he is. There is the man himself. How the hell are you? Oh my God! I tell you what, I'm I'm more terrified now than I was before. But it is excellent to see you, my friend. How's life treating you? Good, good. I just finished up work in uh, Daytona a little while ago and headed back to the room and figured I'd try to finally catch you guys. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, you know, obviously we uh, we've been originated here with ECW, and I think a lot of ECW fans remember you from just being this wild and, and very scary guy. So tell us a little bit about how you got started in ECW and uh, and how that all came about. Oh, man, we all froze. We do. <laughs> I think the Wi-Fi might be a little, a little rough in the hotel. He had mentioned that to oh, me, yeah. so... 
All right, hold on. Can you hear me? Can yes, hear me? we got you. All right, so you want to know how I got an ECW? Um, yeah, how did that all start? Basically, uh, Raven called me one night, and uh, I guess he had floated a rumor to the Pro Wrestling Torch that Paul wanted to fire Judge Jeff Jones and replace him with me, which I had heard nothing about. And uh, Raven uh, told me to start just showing up and flying myself into Philly or wherever they were going. So I did that for several weeks. And, uh, you know, Raven had said, you need to get over with the boys and meet Polly, all that kind of thing. And uh, nothing had come of it for a while. And on the night that I was about to quit and give up, I was actually walking out to my car, putting about sticking my key. Stand by with us, guys. It looks like we're having a, a little bit of a technical issue here. Uh, all right, hold on. Can you hear me now? We're yes, back. we got you back. All right, so uh, anyhow, I have to give up the key in the door on what I had assumed to be my final night in the wrestling business. Paulie called me in and asked me to uh, do a promo with uh, Raven which he had thrown Mikey into for no apparent reason. And uh, anyhow, for a couple weeks in a row, I did uh, these strange cameos that weren't really going anywhere. And uh, he put Mikey and myself together for one. And um, I started cackling, and Mikey was off on the side cackling. This was still brown-haired Mikey. Um, and roughly the next week, we both showed up, as I recall. Um, I showed up in a red suit next time I saw him, and he had dyed his hair red. And we just started, um, we just started doing these crazy after-hours drunken promos, um, thinking that they were just silly bullshit and not ex and expecting to get buried, but they actually got over probably because they were so anti-ECW that made them ECW, you know? Absolutely. I think there's a lot of things with your character that appealed to a lot of different people. Obviously, it was very counterculture. It was very in-your-face, and it was very intimidating. And even to this day, when people see your work, they are impressed. Um, Mikey had often said there's few people who can walk into a room and really captivate it, and you are definitely one of those people. Um, I, I have to ask this, Thank this you. story here when it came to a blown off finger in a bathroom, <laughs> do you know where I'm going with this? Yeah. Mikey kind of teased it, but I want to get it from the man himself. So the floor is yours. Tell us about the blown off finger situation in ECW. All right, so I had a flash I wear it like a ring. It was flesh colored, but it had a glow plug and it had two tubes about the size of a 44 Magnum empty cartridge in it. You would load it with flash paper or nitrocellulose, as it's called, which is actually highly flammable and pretty dangerous if you use much more than a little bit, which is all you're supposed to use. Well, we started ramming more and more of that stuff in there to get a bigger fireball. 
And finally, it got so drunk and crazy that we thought it would be a good idea to fold up one entire 8 by 10 sheet of nitrocellulose and ramrod it in there. And we tested it once or twice, and it was an enormous explosion. And we decided, wow, this is going to be great. We're going to use it when we We're having a little bit of internet connection right. here. So stand by. Yeah, we are back. All right, we're back. So anyhow, we had gotten to where I was loading an entire sheet in at November to remember. And I was going to show it to somebody else in the locker room. And I was ramrodding another sheet in with a toothbrush. Flash paper, eight and a half by 11 sheet right now. Wow. And as I'm changing with the ramrod, so, hello, can you hear me? Okay, yep. so um, the, the explosion couldn't go up because it was, you know, ramrod. It was so packed, right. Yes. And, and I was packing it down as it happened. So it went out, so bang. And I was in shock. I had no idea what happened for a minute. And I looked down at my hand and I went, fuck, Mikey, <laughs> this is not good. And Mikey <laughs> had meat on his face. Wow. And, and then blood starts coming out of it like a fountain to the rate of my heartbeat, which in addition to whatever other chemicals we may have been on that night, um, <laughs> I was in shock. So it's pumping real fast, like choo, 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 choo. And I remember I walked over into the bathroom and Sandman saw the blood popping out. He thought it was a gimmick. And he's going, ah, red guy, that's the best gimmick yet. And uh, I ran it under the water and I was standing in front of the mirror and I saw that my blazer was. There's a hole in it. And I noticed then that my shirt was all wet underneath and my finger went in a hole. I'd say, well, I'm pretty much my whole finger. At that oh, point. my God. Yeah. And at that point, I started to get kind of faint. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it turned out that I'd blown off the tip of my left index finger and uh, just completely destroyed the face of my hand, the palm of my hand. And they had to do some uh, pretty heavy-duty uh, reconstructive surgery and nerve grafts and that kind of stuff. But wow. I survived. And I had was, Mikey smuggle me in some booze the first night in the hospital. <laughs> he, Mikey, that when Mikey tells this story, he says, "I cannot give it the proper justice that uh, that the devil can give it because how just how cool this guy is is that's an amazing story." And you still partied in the hospital room later on. I, if that doesn't scream legendary, my friend, I do not know what does. 
and I do apologize. We're having uh, we're having some technical issues here because um, the internet right, speed uh, seems to be lagging. Yeah. Um, um, what I was saying was that that's that's an incredible story. I mean, Mikey teases it, but he says you have to hear it from the devil himself to really appreciate what happened that night. Well, if the internet wasn't fucking up so bad, I could probably do it better justice. Um, but yeah, we, we we kept it real ECW style, and we partied in the hotel, in the hospital room. <laughs> I to call it a hotel room um, against doctor's orders. <laughs> it, you know, whatever gets you through the night. You know. Wow. Now your career has has spanned a great deal, and you've been in several promotions and wildly successful in each one of them, something that a lot of performers, they can't say. And longevity is attributed to how over your character is. Um, is there any year or span of years that you would say was your favorite or you felt like you were at your peak or you thought, man, this is this is pretty damn awesome? I'm gonna bl I'm gonna blame Big Daddy Beardo for the production issues. All right, Centernet's all screwed up. All right, was there any span of years that what? Yeah, I mean, Can your career me? has spanned over several promotions. Was was there ever a point in time that you're most proud of as far as your work? I mean, whether it was ECW or whether it was TNA with Abyss, whether it was Impact. Now, I mean, what is there a moment where you look at it and you go, man? I loved this moment. Um, the stuff I did. Um, I liked everything I did, especially early on. It's like, you know, if you give birth to an ugly child, you know, you think it's lovely. But... Um, <laughs> I would move on to the next level and look back at what I had done before and think, ah, that sucks. But the stuff that I did with Mikey and Tajiri, as cornball as a lot of that is now, um, that was fun. That's when I started. Although a lot of it is a blur, um, it was a lot of fun. And then, uh, and in TNA, um, when I started the run with Raven, the whole thing where I shaved his head and had that feud, um, that was real strong. But I guess overall, my my best exposure and strongest consistent run was uh, probably you know that first two or three years with the best in uh, Impact. But you know, I, I've always. I've always enjoyed what I do, you know, even if it's cornball, like blood runs cold, you know, um, I'm not going to walk out there and act like I'm just phoning it in and collect a check. You know, you just got to shit your pants and dive in. You got to be all in on it, you know, and, and no, absolutely. believe what you're doing or the fans aren't going to believe it, you know. I've had a lot of uh, wrestling fans I've talked to say, you know, if we could fantasy book or if we could go back in time and and maybe change the way history was. And, you know, no disrespect to Paul Bear, 
but I uh, have talked to a lot of people who have said if the devil had been with Cain, if the devil would have been with the brothers of destruction, um, yeah. I feel like that would have been way over the top and would have been amazing. And like I said, no offense to Paul Bear, um, but there's something about you that epitomized the Attitude Era. And was there ever an opportunity? Was there ever any communication between you guys? And uh, if so, uh, how did that go? The most serious uh, um, communication between WWE and myself was actually between February of 2012 and February of 2013. Excuse me. Over the course of one year, I was contacted by a member of the creative team. We've got an idea. I can't tell you who it is. And I'd say, sure. What do, you, what do you need? So they had me make a generic promo and send it in. And the guy said, just sit, sit tight. Something's going to happen right after SummerSlam or whatever it was. I forget what the date was. Or WrestleMania. So, but uh, we were going to put the guy we were going to put you with was Tensai. If you know who that Tensai was. Right? I do. Yes. That was the original. I, I just, Japanese guy who didn't speak English, so I don't know what that was about. <laughs> then that, a couple times, then I think Brock Lesnar came in, and they said we've got to put everything on hold for a minute because Lesnar's here. Over the year, I got like four calls, and they asked me to send them different tapes, you know, and acting in different ways. Uh, the last one I remember, they said, do a promo kind of like Jake Roberts, real slow and, you know, menacing. And uh, the guy called uh, almost a year ago, and he finally said, I don't know if you watched Raw last night, but the guy we were going to put you with, if you're going to put a new coat of paint on, uh, we. <laughs> wow. Uh, which, and that wouldn't have been a good, at least the way they did that character. The we the people thing would have been shit with me. I wouldn't have been able to pull that off. You know, Dutch was perfect for that. But uh, that was the right. most I ever had anything resembling serious uh, talks with them. Where you know, I went around buying rounds of drinks for a year. You know, every time I got a phone call, and I finally told the guy, I said, "Do me a favor. Until you're ready to FedEx me a contract with a Montblanc pen in it, you know, it's just." <laughs> Don't call me until, you know, you're really ready to commit. And so I've never called since then. I mean, you wow. know, there, were, there was little bullshit conversations back and forth uh, in the years before that, but nothing serious, you know, more like a check-in or I'd sent them a tape and like Kevin Kelly or Bruce Pritchard would call like a courtesy call, you know, but nothing serious. The, the most serious I ever got was... 12 to 2013. I'm going to jump in here and take a couple of questions here from some of our listeners. Anton sure. says, I'd like to hear about some of the music work, uh, working with the clowns uh, to his karaoke stuff. Um, yeah, okay. Well, with the clowns, I'm assuming you mean ICP, not the people I have to perform for every night. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
<laughs> yeah, I was uh, backstage in Orlando, and Jeff Jarrett looked at me and he said, "So have you talked to the clowns yet? What are you talking?" There, shit. All right, you froze up. What's the last thing you heard me say? Uh, you talked. You talked to Jeff Jarrett, and he said, "Have you talked to the clowns?" Yeah. So I didn't know what he was talking about. Apparently, they had contacted TNA many months earlier, and nobody ever got around to telling me. And I guess ICP thought I was blowing them off, you know. <laughs> and uh, I, I got their information. You know, they wanted me to do the. Uh, so uh, I just went into my studio at home, uh, took the uh, information they gave me, and then did the little voiceover. And I had never really listened to ICP. I was only aware of them from seeing them on Beavis and Butthead, you know? Right. For a, a half a clip or something. Uh, but it, it was actually a really good album, from what I recall, from what I remember, too. But uh, that, you know, that was fun. Um, and I've done voiceovers for uh, some lesser bands, nobody on the level of ICP since then. And uh, as far as the other music stuff I do, I've been running a uh, DJ and uh, W had been shut down for a while. Um, I was sitting around with nothing to do and Chris Canyon came up to me and he, We and uh, he offered to buy me a whole, you know, ten thousand dollars setup to start a business. Wow! Any money it was in it. Luckily, it was proven wrong because with starting six feet for a long time, the economy took a shit, and. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I got to combine the things I like to do, which is uh, cutting promos all day long, uh, which is mainly the way I see it. I, I consider myself the karaoke is just a tease. My job is to sell booze like Dusty Rhodes selling tickets to the Omni, you know. <laughs> so everything I do is directing traffic over there to the bar, and I'm doing it, you know, like a fucking carnival bar thing, you know. Um, so, but I've, I've been doing that full time. I was doing it while I was doing wrestling, you know, on Spike. Um, but that was my, I didn't have a plan B. I had nothing to fall back on, you know. I got into wrestling without a net. Free otherwise, I get paid to do what I would do for free otherwise, which is cut promos. Uh, drink a lot of booze and look at broads <laughs> running around in bikinis all day long at resorts. So, you know, I mean, every time I start to bitch and whine about it, I think, you know, I could have a fucking job. I, I could be saying, would you like fries to go with that shake? You know, whereas no matter how annoying it gets, I still get paid to get drunk and look at half naked women. So it works for me. God bless America. That's all I can say. That's that's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, let me uh, let me ask you this. I mean, we are going to get back to to your musical stuff because if you have not heard his voice, um, 
you are doing yourself a great disservice because as much as he is an amazing performer, um, he's got a, a, an amazing voice. And, and Mikey first told me about that. And he said, you have to listen to these YouTube clips. And I did. And I tell you what, um, I was surprised. But then knowing your dedication to what you do, it didn't surprise me. Um, but but I'm going to hold on that. I do have a couple of other questions I want to get to because sure. I know your time is valuable. Um, who's one person that you never got the chance to manage? But in a perfect world, who's on your number one pick list? Uh, Sabu. Sabu was. Uh, Sabu lobbied for it when we were in TNA as well. He wanted, at the very least, to form a tag team with Abyss. would have been perfect you know i was a big mark for his uncle the sheik you know and uh you know Cornette started me off kind of doing a, a grand wizard gimmick like abdullah farouk who was the sheik's original um, but yeah that that would have been at least in the modern era that would have been my ideal guy i think i could have done a lot with sabu because sabu Sabu was dedicated to keeping his fucking mouth shut. He did not want to talk, and he wanted somebody. Um, that that would have, I think, we could have made some real money off of that. Um, other than that, I mean, you you'd have to go back in time, you know, to the old days. Like, you know, you were talking about uh, Paul replacing Paul Bearer in a you know fantasy. Uh, promotion or whatever um i you know i don't want to sound like some arrogant prick here but you know the the day of managers is basically done you know we're dinosaurs we're extinct um but in the old days of can you see me all right but in yep. the old days the model was that Bruno Sammartino had the Grand Wizard, Lou Albano, and Freddie Blassie throwing people at him every month in the garden. Okay. Yes. I, I could stand right next to those three guys or replace either one of them in that era when managers meant something, and I would have kicked fucking ass. I believe because Agreed. With, all, with all due respect to those three gentlemen. Blassie and Albano were great characters. Their promos, I mean, on, a, on like a Paul Heyman scale, they weren't great. Pro I mean, they were better promos than most of the people there at the time. You know what I mean? They were still great talkers. But as far as a wordsmith, the Grand Wizard was a lyricist, I would say. I consider myself to be a lyricist as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, I could have, I could see me being programmed in with anybody that any of those three guys did and, and dude i've been told this shit by people like larry zabisco and other people that you know but we are back in the day are we back okay so again, i've been told by people that actually wrestled bruno san martino Okay, and wrestled Bob Backlund, and Bob Backlund himself would say the same thing to me. 
when I'd see these old legends. The world champion abyss, and they'd say, "Oh no! In my day, you could have drawn money. You could have drawn. They're not doing drawn heat. They wouldn't. They're not doing nearly what they should because you could have made a mint back in the day and sold out the garden with that mouth of yours." And I mean, I I, I believe them. I think I I look right standing next to Blassie Albano and the Wizard, and you could have put anybody they had. You know replace me with that particular manager and the business would have been just as good you know um but you know characters like that don't really exist so you know um, when eric bischoff hired me for one of the first things he said was i'm going to be the guy to get rid of tag teams and anthony damn near did it you know Wow. Um, so, I mean, you, you rattle off some some names that a lot of people are familiar with when it comes to managers. Let me ask you this question. If you were to narrow down, what are the three most important elements that makes a manager a manager, meaning make a manager successful at what they do? Um, is it possible to narrow that down, or would you say there's just one certain thing that managers need to do to be successful? Uh, well, we're talking in a perfect world because in a perfect world, perfect utopia. You're, fight, you're fighting city hall these days, and it doesn't matter. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Manager has to be able to get the talent over. Every time that his screen freezes, shortchanging his own. Say what? Every time the way, just the way you look into the screen and it freezes. Wow. Oh, that, okay. that, there's a look right there, my friend. Oh, oh my God. Continue. So, yeah, you need to be able to put over your man as the baddest fucker on the planet. You need to be able to put over the guy that he's wrestling as a credible opponent because if I mean you hear this on the indies all the time and I used to do screen and did not did all that hello what was the last thing you heard me say before it froze up you you were telling us um i was asking the question about what makes a good manager if if there's one thing three things and you said you got to really get over your guy you have to make sure the opponent looks good as well and you were going to mention another aspect yeah and you have to be able to sell the match you're telling a story your job is to put asses in seats so i'm still fanboying out boying out over on the side Hi, Fish. So uh, what you have to do, it's like uh, the five W's of journalism or whatever they used to call it back in the day. Who, what, why, where, and when, or whatever. Who, when, you know what I mean? Yep. Who, our guy and your guy. Why? Because they're fighting over the title. When? 
Tuesday night where at the Coliseum and where what else is there you know is there a cage match or you I mean you've got to tell that story and you've also got to be able to either tell your story whether you have 10 minutes to tell it you have to be able to stretch out and pad it and tell that story or if all you have is a 15 second Freezing, we're freezing. Okay, what was the last thing you heard before it froze? Um, you said if you have a 15-second promo, you have to cut. You talked about the five whens, the when, where, how, and why of putting butts in seats. Yeah, okay. So effectively, whether you're only doing it in a 15-second fly-in at the bottom of the screen during a match, you know, you have to be able to get it in tomorrow night, Mike Freeland. I'm going to kick your fucking ass because you screwed my wife and we're going to do it in the cage and you're going to fucking pay. Boom, whatever, 10 seconds or whatever they gave you. Or you have to also say, you know, at the Civic Auditorium tomorrow. So you got to get all that in there in 15 seconds. Stand by. I think we're having another slight glitch here. Let's see here. Even though I will tell you this, folks, with the glitches, this is amazing. This truly is. This is truly a moment here for us right now. Um, you weren't and, kidding when you said legend. When you said yeah. legend ECW, and I'm like, who could it be? Who could it be? Who could it be? And then James Mitchell pops on, and I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, this is my fault, you guys. Um, the devil had mentioned that the uh, service wasn't the greatest at the hotel. I, I begged him if he would come on. He's been so gracious with his time, and I cannot say enough nice things. Um, all right, we're back. All right. So I was basically saying you have to be able to put all that into either a as quick as a 15-second promo Or if you have 30 seconds, 45 seconds, or a minute, or a minute and a half, or two minutes, or three minutes, that's when you Are you there? All right. We are. We, we, <laughs> I love this. And, and everyone in the chat room is saying how patient you are. And we greatly appreciate, you know, you coming back and forth with all these technical issues. But by all means, please continue. Oh, this is breaking my heart so bad. <laughs> um, all right. We're back moving again, right? You can see yep. me. You hear me in real time? All right. So uh, what I was saying was if you have
widened in that 15 seconds. Hold on. I have an idea while we're speaking. I'm going to try to switch over to my mobile hotspot. Okay. For you. Um, this back in. All right. Sounds good. Let me do this. It may be. All right. Give me a minute. We have gotten a lot of comments in the chat room. You guys joining us right now is ECW and wrestling. You know what? I should even say that he's an ECW legend, but he's a wrestling legend in general. Uh, a sinister minister is joining us right now. I mean, if I were to say some of his most amazing moments happened at ECW, uh, that would not surprise anyone. In TNA, that would not surprise anyone. Impact, that wouldn't surprise anyone. But I do want to say that seeing him appear on AEW Dynamite coming back from commercial, there are very few moments in wrestling that catch us off guard and make us gleefully happy. That right there, seeing him in the ring with that and then having Jerry Lynn walk down and having those two in the ring at the same time, it was something that um, you always hope for. You always wish that you see other stars cross paths again from where we once had seen them. And to me, that was very, very cool because Jerry has become a very personal friend of mine. And James Mitchell, Sinister Minister, the devil, whatever you want to call him, is... See me. We can. We can see you. See me. I don't know if I see you. Well, you don't necessarily right. have to see, see us because we're not very attractive looking people. Not a, not a little. Not even a little <laughs> bit. Not even a little no. bit. You need All to be right. drunk to think right. I think I have a better connection now. All right. So uh, what I was saying before everything was freezing was the more time you have, the more you can tell the story. But basically your job is a, as a storyteller. The opponent and your man and the match. Ideally, as a manager, you should know when to interfere and when not to. You have heat on yourself without all right hold on how what, what was the last thing you heard me say going in and out <laughs> this is probably the coolest episode ever because i feel like we've had 10 mini interviews with you which is you know what have another drink i tell you what you deserve it. this yeah. buzz for you my friend um a little whiskey just, to you that thank you that you were talking basically just about what it takes to get people over and you were talking about just the art form of knowing how to draw people in and how to get the opponent over how to get your own guy over and that it's much more than just a talking piece it's it's an art form that as you mentioned earlier unfortunately is really lost right now with uh with the fact that managers are going by the wayside 
I should say really good managers. I mean, there are some out there, but I don't think they have the chops to do what you do. And um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where we're at right now. All right. I, I don't think I heard anything you just said other than you've got to Uh, let's get our inner chi together yes let's 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 sync up your i know i know fish you have uh you have something you'd like to bring up so now that i've done fanboying out because once you popped on the screen i lost my freaking mind uh you came finally back into impact wrestling after taking a little bit of hiatus as a manager with uh rosemary and you guys did a great story with that how much of your fingers did you have in that story and all the vignettes that went along with that? Because it feels like you had a lot of creativity in that one. I'm just not sure because, damn it, every time you're on the screen from curtain to curtain, damn it, you are captivating. But I want to know how much how much creativity control you you had when you came back to Impact. Uh, well, th- well, thank you for the kind words. You're an excellent judge of talent. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> No, I had nothing to do with the creative on that. Uh, the only thing I have is uh, I. We have to get from point A to point B on the path across uh, whatever that tomorrow we're going to stay in the undead realm, and I've got a minute and a half to two minutes to do it. So. Um, you know, you know what I always tell people: if it sounds cool, I wrote it. If it sounds stupid, <laughs> anything coming out of my mouth that sounds stupid, I didn't write. <laughs> okay, um, but if you're gonna pay me enough, I'll I'll do it to the best of my ability, no matter what promotion or what the story is. Um, so yeah i didn't have any input into what happened with the story uh just you know i would be given two or three bullet points and uh be told to uh just devil it up you know do my thing so uh i had a lot of freedom in the way i portray myself you know almost total freedom in in the way i portray my character um and and i hate saying character because that sounds like you know when people talk about themselves in the third person, that's just such fucking. Um, my character is me, you know, and it just he lives somewhere, you know. And if people will say nobody talks like that, well, really, you want you want to get in a fucking argument? <laughs> words come out of my mouth. Do you, you know what I mean? I, motivation times because I you know I'm a pretty laid-back guy I just want to you know I want to fuck and, and, and have a bourbon you know and not but <laughs> um, when, when I I remember like Scott Demore in the early days of abyss would be telling me get more angry and I'm like well, why am I pissed off Are we back? Are we back? Are we back? We're here. Are we back? 
Okay. You, so, you, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, I, I was saying, I don't want to, I don't like talking about what I'm doing is just kind of taking an aspect of my personality and maybe amplifying it a little bit, or, or I will think back to G. If I find that motivation, I can just apply it to, oh, I'm supposed to be pissed off at you, fish. Now you're in a world of shit, you know, and I just kind of try to emotionally <laughs> challenge it, you know. But uh, so where do you? Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh... Go on. No, sir. I don't want to interrupt you on that one. Um, so when you had your run in WCW, where do you think that went wrong? I mean, they, I thought they gave you, damn it. I was captivated when you came to WCW, I was in. Cause I'm like, Oh, it's James Mitchell. This is great. And then it just seemed to fizzle and I don't know what went wrong. Uh, I mean, the day I went to CNN Tower and signed the contract with Eric Bischoff, he said this gimmick, his exact words were, this this angle is dead in the water. Don't go out and buy a house. Don't get married. We've already spent a lot of money on it, and it hasn't even started, but we're going in a reality-based direction with the NWO, so, you know, basically, this one it was doomed from the start. You know, we did one or two at the beginning, but but that was it. And then, because I think uh, compared to what they were changing, and suddenly all the cool the heels became cool heels instead of of real heels, you know. Um, cool heel walking out with those two characters of mine, too, you know. Uh, like I said, you got to commit, you know. And, uh, and and also, because I talk I did across the fact that we were heels and that I was an evil person. So I had to do all that through pantomime, you know? You know, that was always like walk out with that vampire face and cut the eyebrow and shit. Um, I just with it that I could. And um, I never, I never took it for granted. And uh, you know, it's like I'm embarrassed watching it now. I mean, it depends on where I am. You know, uh, I, I, it's just like looking at pictures of yourself when you had braces and Coke bottle glasses. You know, um, that was my first time on the big stage. You know, and it's a little awkward looking, and I can see all kinds of shit I was doing wrong. You know, and by the time I'd worked all the kinks out, then it was time for me to, you know, sit home for two years. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll always think, ultimate, ultimately think fondly of that because that was my first introduction to the big time, you know, 
and, and being around all these legends that I grew up with, you know, it was a, and it was a great time to be in the wrestling business. We were the number one show on cable television, you know? So just think about being a, uh, a virile male walking around, <laughs> walking into a bar after hours. It was, it's like the, the goddamn crocodile. We were like the crocodiles in the Serengeti hiding underwater, waiting on all the wildebeest to come down the mountain. And we just snatched them all up. You know, it was, uh, it, it was a great time to be alive. So lots of, lots of spoils of war. Walk, walking you down the uh, the memory lane, what was that first? Do you remember that first bump you took? What was that first that first hit you took in the ring? What was that like? In, in my career, you mean? Yeah. Or, in the wrestling uh, ring. Yep. First, uh, okay, first bump I ever took, actually, because I broke in on what Cornette refers to as outlaw mud shows in South Carolina. Um, the first bump I ever took was actually on the concrete. Some guy oh. called the America. Some guy called the and see, I, look, I'm. I had a tag team that was kind of a knockoff of the Midnight Express, and they, they were bumped all over the time. I didn't. And this guy called the American Ninja gave me a chop, and I just jumped up in the air and landed on the fucking concrete. Fucked my back up to this day. <laughs> Probably knocked some disc out of the way. Um, first, but in a ring, um, I mean, it, the, the first, it's kind of like the first anything you do. Your first bumps, like your your first shot of whiskey or your first puff of a cigarette. or, or uh, it, it's, it's not as pleasant as it will go on to be later. <laughs> you get used to it, you know. It's like your Did first they... kiss or your first fuck. A little awkward and <laughs> and painful. Did they smarten you up before that first hit, or were you going in cold? Um, no, I knew it was a work, but I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I I mean, look, I my friends and I. I've got a friend named Jeff G. Bailey. I was a manager for uh, Bill Barron's Anarchy and Wildside and all that for years. Um, he turned me on to wrestling when we were little kids in the mid-70s. We thought we pioneered backyard wrestling. But, you know, that shit's probably been going on since the 40s or whatever, you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we took all kinds of crazy bumps when I was a kid, but we weren't taking them, right? We do certain things really hurt. Um, but, like, a sleeper never works. They, they did it on TV, and a claw hold never worked. You know, uh, and, uh, you, you do it. You just wrap your arms around somebody's head and they didn't go to sleep. You, know? <laughs> you can never figure it out. And, and they can always pull your hand off when you put the claw on. But uh, but there, there were certain moves that always hurt. The camel clutch would make guys cry. And that's how you won on the schoolyard. If you cried, even look, I had many a guy beat my ass when I was in elementary and middle school. They beat the shit out of me, but I'd get that one lucky wrestling move in or, or you know, do the, the Abdullah chop to the throat. You chop a guy <laughs> in the Adam's apple in fourth grade, they're done. <laughs> no matter how bad they beat your ass, they're in tears and you get to, you know, try victory. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I, I, you know, as I got older, I realized um, I'm not I'm not an athlete, so I do my damnedest to try to get my heat to where I only have to get my ass beat once or twice a year, so that when it happens, it'll blow the roof off the place. But I will tease that shit, and that's another. I mean, look, when I was in WCW, I took bumps every single fucking night because I didn't know any better, and I was just trying to be noticed and be involved, you know. And there was no heat to get because we were losing all the time anyway, you know. <laughs> but once I got into a position that mattered, then I would have to argue with the baby faces all the time and say, no, wait until the blow-off match. And then when you knock me down, it's going to be the biggest fucking pop you've heard all month. But you've got to make them want it. If you beat me up every fucking night, there's no heat there, you know. Right. So, so oh, sorry. No, no problem. No, no, no. I, so I'm not interrupting anybody. You're not interrupting me. No, you are the guest and you are, I, I mean, sorry, I will fight anybody that says that you aren't on the Rushmore of uh, managers. I mean, it's Bobby Heenan and James Mitchell and two other guys. Don't even know who they are. Sorry. So <laughs> I did have a point. And I don't remember what it was. You took a couple years off. I mean, you came back to Impact Wrestling. And uh, after taking a couple of years hiatus, besides the dollar figures, because that's in any business, what brought you back? I've been off 2000 and got rid of me because people booed me. That's I couldn't figure out for years from 2008 to 2013. I couldn't figure out why arguably the best promo in the fucking company, one of the only people who knew how to get over, who looked like a star, talked like a star, was fired. I didn't leave a trail of cocaine behind me like some people did. I don't fuck up anymore. But I got fired, and Vince Russo told me, I believe, in 2014 or something, after six years of wondering what the hell went wrong, that Dixie had fired me because she was such a mark. She thought that if people were booing me, that I was not a nice person. Oh, God. No. <laughs> and bring you and hissing you, and that's your job, instead of cheering you and doing catchphrases. I brought it out in public and Dixie never challenged it. So I assume that's the truth. So anyhow, um, <clears throat> I bet, you know, in, in those intervening years, I was in a deep, dark hole of depression after a while because I couldn't figure this shit out. I was, I was as good as I had ever been in 2008 when they let me go. And this is, I mean, I don't want to sit here and suck my own dick here. We're talking like, you know, only, only, Lanny, any, only Lanny Poffo can do that. Yes. <laughs> that, that's it. I, no gimmick infringement on the genius. Um, but, 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 dude, here's what was going on in my Kurt Angle, right? Who was arguably the biggest guy in the company, right? He came to me and he said, this was before they got rid of me. 
he said, Mitchell, I need to talk to you. And I, I, you know, and he said, I need to talk to you. And I went in there all humble. Yeah, Kurt, what can, did I do something wrong? And he was tying his boots. And he said, dude, he goes, there's a lot of good talent in this company, but they don't know how to get over. But you're a star maker. And he goes, you can talk. When you walk out next to Abyss, he looks like a star. When you what if you put you next to anybody, they are automatically elevated. And he said, you know, I grew up in Pittsburgh and the Wizard and Freddie Blassie. And the way somebody could come in, even if you didn't know who they were, you put them with one of those guys because of the way they looked and the way they talked, they were automatically elevated to main event status. And he goes, So I need you to feed me guys. I need you to start, you know, he goes, I'd love to have matches with James Storm and Low Key were two people he mentioned. And he goes, so do you mind if I go to Dixie and ask her that? I said, Fuck no. Of course you can go to Dixie and ask her that. And I thought, you know, this is like Bruno Sammartino, you know, lighting the rocket on your ass, you know. And then I got sent home and taken off TV for a while. For a note, this was like before I got fired. But they would do shit like that back then, you know? So um, anyhow, it made no sense to me, and I was really bummed out for years. And they brought me back one time in 2013 for one pay-per-view or something, and I had gotten fat. I was like 60 pounds fucking overweight. Uh, miserable. The economy had gone to shit. My business had completely gone in the toilet for several years. And uh, Pat Kenny, Simon Diamond, called me up, and he said, "Ah, Vandy, don't worry about it." He goes, "It's only it's only going to air overseas. Nobody will ever see it." So I went ahead and did it, and it was Abyss versus. It was every everything was a gimmick match of some sort, and um, excuse me a minute here. So uh, I went and my my fucking clothes didn't fit, and it, it was he was working as Judas. No, uh, Abyss was working as Joseph Park. That was I believe at the beginning. Just anyhow, I never saw it because it was at least for a while it wasn't supposed to air in America, but I saw some pictures the next day. And I looked like the fucking great pumpkin. I mean, I could see how fat I was. I was, I was so fucking humiliated. And I was like, man, I shouldn't have done it, but I needed the money, you know. And but the good thing about that is that that got me off my ass because that came right just a little bit before I found out the reason that Dixie fired me. I found out about that like a year later, and that really pissed me off. But it got me motivated. And when I saw how shitty I looked on that pay-per-view, um, I decided to keep myself always in television shape going forward. And, and you know, every time I disappear from TV and come back, there are slight changes. And you can look from the beginning and before Smoky Mountain Wrestling, as the South Atlantic Pro Wrestling Television, um, if you uh, look at every time I go away and show differences and tweaks to the appearance, as well as the uh, character, you know, 
And, you know, Mark Twain once said that the most important part of is the language to that effect. You know, uh, you know, if you don't go away, how can they miss you? And uh, what and the thing. So so then the next thing was um, I stayed gone after that shitty pay-per-view. I wasn't I was where I was my fat fuck pay-per-view. Um, and this called me to do the uh, what was it slam anniversary 2017 I think um, where they did that crazy deleted Hardy's looking match with Shark Boy and Steiner and uh, you remember that it was yeah, the yeah. first time I've been on, it was after first time I showed up on TV with my head shaved um, and that got like the biggest. or something after somebody throwing him in a wall as a pre-tape that we did and they edited it in with Shark Boy and all that. But the shook. And for me, I figured, you know what? That's the goodbye that I didn't get to begin with when I was sent home unceremoniously. And I figured that was it for me. You know, it was a nice cameo and a send off from the fans. Thank you. A little tear in my eye. Good. I can put this to bed and go on with life. Then they called me back, like, I don't know, six months later to, to do a little spot with Abyss and uh, Congo Kong. And then, then it goes up uh, a little while later. You know, they brought me in with the thing with Rosemary and the Undead Realm. So, uh, you know, I, I always say you can't keep a good dog off your leg. <laughs> or as you know, says, this is when I think I'm out. They pull me back in, you know. So, uh, and, and I, I can't, uh, I, you know, I, I don't follow wrestling um, or to any degree like I used to when I was younger. Um, but you can't, I can't wash it off with myself. It's like I always say, it's like being a, a lapsed Catholic or a non-practicing Jew. Or something. It's still part of your culture, and I and since I was eight years old or seven or eight years old, I wanted to be a supervillain, you know, like the like the Green Goblin and Doctor Octopus and the Joker. That's why I read the comic books, not for the superheroes. I wanted to be Ming the fucking merciless. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to be the devil. So, you know, I, I had this great opportunity to, uh, to, to what do they what do the kids call it these days? LARPing or cosplay or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and and basically, I, I still LARP. You know, I mean, it, I LARP every day when I get up and I go to the grocery store. It's still funny. Yeah, you want to see some? Follow me around. I was like, yeah. People say, why aren't you a bigger deal? And a lot of people ask that because just follow me around in public. And I'm not talking about wrestling fans. That's cheating. They know who you are already. That's cheating. Walk around with me in public with people who have no fucking idea who I am and they don't watch <laughs> wrestling they have no idea 
the sheer number of people who go away to say, excuse me, who are you? You must be somebody special. You but you know that kind of thing. Or or when I walk look, don't let him see you looking now, but turn around in a second. I walk and so basically when I walk in the room, everybody starts whispering if they don't know who I am. And slowly all the heads turn out quick in fear. And uh, I mean, I, I've I've been it's all the, the elements of what you need for TV, you know, which is why my my square job has always been successful because I'm not at the whim of somebody who either is religious and might be offended by me or might just not like my act. That's there too. But when, when left to the grand stage where the people make the decision, um, I can hold an audience. If I start talking, people are going to keep their eyes on me and they're going to listen. I don't do bullshit. You know, I'm fairly verbally engaging, you know, fairly intelligent. Um, and charismatic, um, people are drawn to me. So, uh, you know, if, I, if it doesn't work in wrestling, I make it work in other ways, you know. And, you know, don't be surprised if five or ten years from now, you know, I become the world's hottest used car salesman. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I I think I have two two questions left I'd like to ask you before we uh, – before we wrap this up, the first one is, can we ask you, can we beg you to come back again and tell some more stories? Absolutely. But we've got to figure this fucking internet thing out, man. This is brutal. We do. <laughs> no we heat do. on you. No heat no. on you. And I did forewarn you. I was in. Yes, you did. And, and, and my, my, but, but, but you my know, last. You have been, you've been asking me for shit, I don't know, probably over a year now to do this. And I've been very busy and, you know, I, I had a kid a couple years ago. So, you know, life is very busy and, and frantic all the time. But um, this was, you know, I wanted to get in and, and uh, show my respect, you know? Well, and, and I, and I, I love your show. I lo and by the well, way, where you. are Mikey and... Mikey and Jerry right now... Um, <laughs> Mikey's dealing with some personal things. I think um, he, he just needed a little bit of time. And uh, Jerry has been so caught up with AEW. He's taken a little bit of a vacation. Uh, mm -hmm. So we are uh, holding down the fort for them. But I, I want to get, I want to get this. What's that? How long have they been off the show now? No, they've just been off for a week so far. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. They're coming back. They're just on a, on All a right. small break, but um I got I got to ask this question live. If you ever do sure. a podcast, and uh, hopefully I get to you before Conrad Thompson does, so I'm telling you right now, if you ever decide to take your act, please by all means keep me in mind because I think uh, Dancing with the Devil uh, would be an absolute <laughs> beautiful, beautiful where you could make your music, my friend. So just keep that in mind. So, so you like that title better than the one I'd come up with, was, which was uh, 
the wrong hole podcast. Oh, ooh. <laughs> I think that one might be a little more fun. Um, wow. Yeah. So somebody asked me one time, go, you can't do that. And I was like, okay, well, we'll call it whatever you want. Um, I kid, I kid. Um, no, I don't kid. I did say that one time. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, um, I would love to come back. Let's figure out the streaming business. I mean, look, and for those of you who are watching or listening, however this stuff works, um, I was literally at work singing a song and texting him at the same time. And I said, oh, you start at nine. I can probably get up there by 10, 15 and we can get the show on the road. So we just kind of threw this together. Um, I'm sure that uh, we can work out the kinks and I would love to come back. And now, look, I am in Daytona every Tuesday um same hours every tuesday and wednesday um and if you can record during the day i don't know but i mean we can definitely i'd be more than happy to i tell you what i cannot would be an honor i tell you what the, the pleasure is all ours guys the legendary sinister minister please support him follow him on social media and uh do everything you can to show some love to a guy who has dedicated his entire life to giving us some incredible memories and he continues to give them to us. Uh, thank you so much. And we will be chatting with you very, very soon down the road, my friend. All righty, fish and Mike, you guys be well. May all of your stains be large ones. <laughs> Hail Satan. See ya. Love it. See ya. Wow. Oh my God. Oh, go. oh my God. You weren't kidding when you said ECW legend. And I'm like, he popped on the screen and I f f completely fanboyed out for like the first 10 minutes. Cause I was like, there's Bobby Heenan. And in my mind, James Mitchell, it's the, it's, it's the, it's the Holy ghost of managers. I mean, they just James Mitchell on the mic. As soon as he walks through the curtain is captivating. He doesn't have to say a damn thing. He walks through the curtain and it's like, <gasps> and you just focus right on whatever he's doing. Even if he's just I walking agree. down the aisle and he is just fantastic. Um, when he came back to impact wrestling with Rosemary and that whole deal, dude, I popped, I freaking popped. And I, I tuned in impact just to watch that. I mean, there was, I, I wasn't interested in impact at all until James Mitchell popped back on the scene. I'm like, I don't care what he's doing. It's James Mitchell. Okay. I'm in, I guess I'm watching. I'm watching just for James Mitchell. Yeah, there's certain people that they, they just they come through the screen and and their character and their presence, it, it just makes you turn your head and look. And like he said before, um, even if you're not a wrestling fan, he's the type of guy who walks down the street. You're going to turn your head. He's got a look and a presence about him. And, you know, if you didn't know him, you wouldn't think he would be that type of guy. But he is probably one of the most gracious people you'll ever meet and just so glad so happy that we got a chance to talk to him and uh yeah awesome he has the, he has an it factor i mean absolute it factor and oh, yeah. all the wi-fi problems we had you know for whatever reason don't even care any superstar i would have expected for him to tap out would have expected yes. him to tap out he kept coming back and he yes, apologized he and he was smiling and he was humble and sincere and nice about the whole thing and just kept on going. And I'm like, I can't believe he's just 
he's he's doing it. He's just going to keep yeah. on going. 15 times our Wi-Fi pooped out and freaking James Mitchell just it's okay not a problem and he just kept on delivering I'm like dude what a professional what a freaking pro what a nice guy I never would have thought isn't it okay they often say you know there, there's there's that phrase you know you never want to meet your heroes right however He's there the are those moments when you meet your hero and you meet somebody who you really have a tremendous amount of respect for and they not only deliver, but they far exceed it. And all of a sudden, it completely restores your faith. It really, and I, and I know I sound like I'm just Lanny Poffoing myself here, but here's the deal. And I think that may become a phrase now. But the thing is, That's though, a That's a shirt. It is. It is. He is. He is a very insightful person when it comes to wrestling itself. So can't say enough good things. And And by the way, for the people that are in here, uh, dancing with the devil. Would anybody be interested if that happens to come to fruition? Let me know. That's a that's a book. If that, if nothing else, that's a book. But that's definitely a podcast, and it should be heard here. Um, holy crap! Holy crap! I mean, it was just, yeah. You never want to meet your you never want to meet your heroes. I got to meet one of mine. And yes. that was kind of cool. He actually said my name like he had actually heard it before. And I was just like, oh, he said my name, even though it's not my real name. Holy crap. He said my name. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, this has been uh, a lot of fun, you guys. And uh, we do appreciate you hanging with us. We know we had some technical glitches and I do apologize for that. We were texting back and forth tonight. And uh, he said, hey, Mike, he said, I, I think there may be some Wi-Fi issues. Are, are you sure you want to? And for him, absolutely, it was worth every glitch there was because it made me hang on to every word even more. So it was almost it was almost poetry in frozen motion, if you will. I mean, two years ago when this podcast started, you guys asked, who do you want to see on this podcast? And I was like, Father James Mitchell, the sinister minister, the devil. I want to hear him on the show. And I've been cheerleading for it for like two years. And the guy doesn't now disappoint. you're on the show interviewing him how about that oh dude that's freaky that's that's another whole freaky freaking story i mean just yeah when he popped on the screen i'm like wow this has come like a really weird kind of twilight zone kind of shit holy crap yes i went from listener to contributor to co-hosty kind of thingy to i'm on with the freaking minister holy crap I'm hoping he's listening night. to this because he has no idea what he just did to my whole evening. I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. I might as well just go to work right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you what, like I said before, please follow him on social media. Um, I've gone ahead and I've tweeted some stuff out already, but show him some love. Send him some DMs and messages and say, hey, really enjoyed and appreciated you coming on and and telling just, just a snippet of, of your career on Front Row Material. And uh, we will definitely have him back. All right. I've been sitting in this chair. I think my ass is officially asleep and I don't know if I'll be. Did you see that? I got up at one point. You freaked me out. Holy crap. <laughs> you freaked me out. Did you, Dude, you left me alone. Why would you leave I, me alone? I was like, you know what? Fish can handle this. Fish has no, got you it. Can't. No, yes, no. Yes, you can. Your screen went away. I'm like, oh shit. It's just me. Oh, yeah. we're going to get canceled now. Oh, here goes the show. Damn, Mikey's going to hate me. Freeland's going to hate me. Jerry's going to hate me. <sighs> Listen, if we haven't gotten canceled yet, 
we definitely wouldn't get canceled. If nothing, we've gotten some some great ratings and we've gotten a lot of people who've sent me DMs and uh, saying how much they enjoyed the show. So with that being said, um, before it gets too terribly late, I want to let everybody know uh, we were talking about having uh, Mr. Gary Ward on, who is a incredible person. Um, it looks like things just didn't line up this evening, but I do want to still promote this Wrestle Carnival. Um, it is coming here in 2021. Uh, please go over to Wrestle Carnival on Twitter. You can also go over. He has a clothing line. It's called Graps Apparel. Um, Gary Ward is an incredible writer. Uh, I worked with him on Total Wrestling Magazine in our podcast over in the UK. So show him some love and, uh, yeah, show some wrestling love to uh, to everyone. So for the fish, for Big Daddy Beardo in the truck, for... <clears throat> Our main videographer, Anton. Cough, 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 cough. Wednesday night, come back. Oh, that's The Raven. The Raven's going to be right here on the Cult of Beardo. Cult of Beardo's got Raven. We just had Sinister Minister. I tell you what, if it's not a great week for the Front Row Material channel, I don't know what is. It doesn't get any better than right here. Not not a bit. Not unless you're drinking some buzz balls. Yeah, I'm going to regret that tomorrow. No, I won't be. No, this is no. this has been a great night. This has been a great night. Buzz balls and James Mitchell. Not there to be confused with James Mitchell's buzz balls, which I don't want to talk about. This is true. I don't know All about right, that. Guys. I will catch you along with Fish next week on Front Material. Mm-hmm.